to work. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the question is being asked all over the internet today. Are you working for free? Uh, are you uh, doing free stuff? Uh, are people uh, paying you uh, because it's a leap day? Uh, there's actually a bunch of like leap day news and things out there, which is odd. Uh, and I love CNN's, uh, I don't usually say that, but I love CNN's breakdown of this thing. Uh, they put it out there. If you're an hourly employee, of course you're getting paid because you punch in and punch out. So every day, every moment that you uh, go to a job, uh, you're going to get paid for it. So they're not even the ones asking the questions, the salary people who are. And that gets tricky, um, even though today is technically an extra day within a work year. Uh, you'd have to actually demonstrate that you have extra work days, uh, meaning that uh, this year compared to other years, you're at work on the extra day and not at home or off or doing something else, uh, which is weird. And then even so, it says that you're probably likely somehow still getting compensated and paid for it uh, because eight hours a day, five days a week, 52 weeks a year is the way that the salary thing works. And once every four years having a leap day doesn't mean you did a whole extra day of work. Uh, but anyway, I just figured I'd start off with that because it's light, because it's easy, and because I, I found it hilarious how many people were asking about this today uh, on the Internet and on social media. All right, let's move on to obviously the biggest story uh, in the news. And I have audio, and I'll probably play it later, but I wanted a shot at this uh, without anything, just, just me and a microphone talking to you. So uh, last night, and I think this happened after I got off the air. I didn't see it if it happened while I was still on the radio. Uh, but Illinois uh, decided, a judge in Cook County decided, uh, surprise, surprise, that it was in Cook County, uh, that uh, former President Donald Trump violated the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment, uh, essentially saying that he um, uh, was part of an insurrection. So he's not allowed to be on the ballot, so he's banned. Um, and then everybody went crazy uh, over this, uh, what has it been, 12 hours, 15-hour period? And one of the things that's been said a lot, I think our newsroom has even done a great job of contacting some of those local politicians who would be in charge of some of this stuff and found out that they're not going to do anything right now. Um, even though this is a decision that's been made in a courtroom, it's not something that's going to be enacted, per se, until the Supreme Court makes its decisions, till other people make their decisions. There's going to be a lot of moving parts, um, and mostly because the Supreme Court will be trying a case about Colorado's removal of Trump from the ballot there, uh, which they said as well they were going to wait to actually do. Uh, and the Supreme Court will decide if this is something that states can do or not. If somehow, by some stretch of the imagination, the Supreme Court decides Colorado is within its right to never try former President Trump for insurrection, but decide he's guilty of it and then remove him from the ballot, then all the other states are going to keep it. Maine, Illinois, you're going to see other states do it for sure. And it seems so odd. And this is the reason why, to me, like genuinely the most important aspect of this, uh, in my opinion, it's not debating what January 6th was. Uh, we, we do that all the time. Uh, people say, you know, how can you be insurrecting if you don't bring any weapons along with you? How can you be insurrecting if you go back home on your tour bus at the end of your, your insurrection? Uh, there's a lot of questions there. But again, that doesn't have to be the argument. We don't have to go down that road. Uh, Trump's involvement in creating it is a more valuable conversation and he has played and this audio seems relevant like if you're getting uh, courtroom versions of debate going uh, that he said peacefully and 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 you know patriotically uh protest what's going on by marching to the capitol he didn't say break all the windows go inside and sit on people's desks so that feels uh, a little different as well 
And political rhetoric has always been about standing your ground, about fighting the fight. Uh, That's what happened in the second impeachment trial of the former president is they played audio of a bunch of Democrats saying if someone says or does something in a position of power that you disagree with, get in their face, uh, show them how much you disagree with them. And there have been other marches, other protests when other people, uh, you know, took power that people were upset with. Granted, of course, they didn't wind up breaking into the Capitol building and doing all the craziness that happened there. Uh, but, but a lot of the rhetoric isn't all that different from what you hear every day. It's just, again, that it's Trump. But the, the most important aspect to this is if we start doing this in this country, if we validate any reason for any political party to remove any other candidate that a lot of Americans seem to want to vote for, uh, and I don't care if your response to that is, yeah, I don't get that. I talk to a lot of my uh, liberal friends or, or left-leaning friends, and one of the first reactions to Trump's popularity is, I don't understand it. But that, that's not a relevant part of the equation. It, it doesn't matter. If you understand it or not, it matters if the American people, if a lot of them would like to vote for that guy. And if they would, and if we use a legal process, a thing that he's not even been convicted of in a courtroom because he hasn't even been tried for insurrection anywhere in the country, which I imagine will be what the Supreme Court cares most about. But I digress. I don't want to overly focus on that. But if all that happens, if all that goes down and they wind up finding that, yeah, no, this can happen, we're going to see more of it. We're going to see it on both sides of the aisle. We're going to see ridiculous cases that go to the Supreme Court or go other places again and again and again. Just like we're seeing, by the way, a accusation that a person who's in the White House doesn't deserve to be there. It happened in 16. It happened in 20. And now, actually, Democrats are saying that Russia is likely to try to interfere with the 2024 election, which might create an illegitimate winner if Trump wins then. So they're they're teeing it up. I played that audio yesterday. And so I just don't get this part. Why not let Trump win or lose by allowing him to run for the office of president? And then after the fact, if you think he's guilty of stuff still, you can try him. And yeah, if he's the president, he can pardon himself. And that doesn't mean that you, uh, you know, wound up with something unfair. That means the American people chose to put him in that office. I know not all of them. We don't agree on a lot of stuff. A lot of Americans disagree on things. But we have a system in place that chooses who gets to be in charge. And if that system winds up putting a person in charge that makes you mad, that's not enough to throw him in a, a jail cell in a courtroom and tell him how dare uh, we do this. It's a dangerous precedent to set, no matter how much the uh, mainstream news media will tell you that Trump is a dangerous man. Uh, it is more dangerous for our country to have something we see other places, uh, which is all these kinds of ridiculous ways. I mean, look at Russia. And the fact that Navalny is dead, Um, I'm not saying that anyone is planning to kill Trump. Uh, I know some people might believe that that's true. Uh, I'm not saying that. But you don't get to that point as a country with state media and all the things that Russia has if you don't take first baby steps that get closer and closer to it. And this is one of the scariest baby steps I've ever seen on any side of the political aisle, regardless, again, of what you think of the rest of this. All right. That's my rant on it. As I said, we'll probably talk about it more throughout the show and I'll I'll play some audio and some other things. Uh, But it's just it's pretty surprising. And then also, I guess not. All right. uh, Quick uh, stop for me. But everybody else doesn't stop. They keep going. AM, it's 1470 FM, 100.3 everywhere on the W with promo code Clay. Seventy 
100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff to talk about. It is a leap day, uh, a leap year, uh, which means we have one extra day within the year, which makes little sense to a lot of people. Uh, Apparently, a lot of individuals who were born on leap day found each other. I imagine this is because of, like, the Internet. I imagine that somebody created a Facebook group and then other people joined it of anyone that was born on Leap Day. I've talked about it before. I actually am part of a Facebook group that is just people with the name Craig. There's just a bunch of them. And I remember, I think it was when I was in college. I actually don't know if the Facebook group is is still around. But I think when I was in college, one Craig threw a party of Craigs and invited all the other Facebook Craigs to go. And it seemed like a bad idea, so I did not show up at that. Uh, But at that time, Facebook was just in schools. It wasn't like the thing it is now. So I don't know. Maybe that's why they thought they could trust people they didn't know. Uh, I didn't go to the party at Craig's, and I'm disappointed I didn't. But anyway, 70 Leap Babies are all on a cruise to the Bahamas together. Uh, This is a viral story that's making the rounds online. I think there's a little bit of audio of how excited some of these Leap Babies are to be doing this. We have this opportunity. We're going to celebrate a unique birthday with 69 or 70 other people celebrating on the exact same day. So this is fun. This is exciting. There seems to be uh, a similarity of (laughs) leapers. And I'm starting to see that. They're they're happier. They're they're more, I don't know if you'd say aggressive, but but they just... (laughs) Love life and, and embrace it a little bit more. Okay, they love life more, they're happier, they might be aggressive, which doesn't quite sound as, as good. I wonder if it's because, like, three out of every four years, you don't actually have a birthday. So there's got to be some amount of humor that you uh, develop in your life for that. Like, you do, but you don't. You, you celebrate it on the 28th or the 1st. I don't know what Leap Babies do there. Um, and so maybe there's something funny. And, like, every year, probably someone's making a joke when it's not a leap year, like it's not really your birthday, you're only four, or however people would do that, there's probably a humor that you develop that might be similar in all those cases. Uh, But anyway, leap babies are deciding to hang out together. Uh, That's a a real story out there in the world. Another story that I can't get over, and the audio is not great, so I'm not going to play it, but the the video, uh, for those who want to go find it, and I think it is uh, pixelated, so you're not going to see anything salacious uh, from TMZ is important. Uh, a naked woman fought people uh, on a beach, I think Venice Beach. And I don't know why. I've said it on the show before. I don't know why people get naked before committing crimes. Because every once in a while, you're like, this person, they were running on the middle of the highway, and oh, also, they were naked. And I, I just don't get that part. You want to commit crimes, you want to fight people, I would tell you not to do that. That's fine. But if you do it without any clothes on, you're definitely going to be viral. You're definitely going to regret that. I can't even imagine this woman applying to a job in the future, them Googling her name and finding her naked fight on Venice Beach and thinking to themselves, oh, we shouldn't hire this person. We should probably say no on this application. Uh, But anyway, a wild scene, as it's described by TMZ, uh, that was captured Monday by witnesses in broad daylight, because it is definitely the middle of the day, shows a woman. uh, I don't know when and how she wound up without clothes on. Uh, That part not explained, uh, but it shows a woman fighting another person who has clothes on uh, before the person with clothes on uh, retreated. And I, I think I've also said on the show, when I talk about criminals who break rules and then do it naked, that it would be more intimidating to me the nudity part. I, I would not be okay with that if I was, you know, encountering someone who was trying to rob me and they were also missing clothing. That to me would be more intense than like a giant person. Uh, I would be I would be more scared of a little person 
uh, you know, a skinnier person, uh, whatever uh, size person uh, with no clothing uh, than a dude fully clothed that was doing the same thing. But anyway, this is all over the Internet. Uh, people seem to enjoy this. Uh, the fully clothed woman uh, retrieved a, a baton at some point, I think, and like battled. Um, so it's crazy. It looks like American gladiators. If American gladiators happened after people had a whole bunch of drinks, I don't know how to say that different. Uh, and then one other thing uh, that I like a lot. I can't get over uh, how awesome this audio is. Or even just honestly, like this sentence, um, it, it's something I never thought I'd, I'd say. But apparently Beyonce is being accused of stealing the music that goes with her country song from a children's cartoon show, uh, the theme song to a children's cartoon show. I have a hypothesis for how I think this could have happened and might be true. But first, you get to decide for yourself. Does the theme song to Franklin sound too close to Texas Hold'em, the song by, by, by Beyonce, excuse me? I do have both. This ain't Texas. Hey, it's Franklin. <laughs> now, look, if she had started out by, hey, it's Beyonce, I think we would have even more problems. But it does sound like they're both banjo picking. And it does sound like they're banjo picking somewhat similarly. I wouldn't say it's, it's a perfect recreation. And I feel like there's a lot of songs out there that start off with some banjo picking uh, before they get into anything else. And correct me if I'm wrong, if that's not a banjo. I, I don't know instruments as well as I should. Uh, but, but it's it's at least somewhat eerily similar. I don't think Beyonce would lose in a courtroom, uh, but public opinion obviously is somewhat swayed. Let's try it again. This ain't Texas. <laughs> Okay, so here's the other thing I thought of, by the way. This is the added context that I think is missing, and I'm just guessing. I, I don't have any way to back this up. Uh, but I kept thinking about if Beyonce's not super into country music. I don't know. Maybe she loves it. Maybe she doesn't. I have no idea. But if she's not, maybe she turned to her team and said, hey, let's do a country song. And the team was like, oh, we haven't been asked to do that before. We don't have a member of staff uh, that feels real good about it. And so they, they all went back home and planned and somebody, you know, really is a big fan of Franklin and added it in there. I don't know how it works. I don't know if Beyonce writes all her own music and songs herself or if, if somehow when you're trying out a new genre uh, that you can go that road. It did remind me of something else, though, that I love a lot um, and my wife loves a lot. Anytime that Chance the Rapper is on The Voice, he makes so many jokes about not knowing genres of music that are not his. And one of the favorite ones for Chance is country. Because they'll play, like, really famous country songs for auditions or something. And then Chance will be like, yep, never heard of that. Have no idea what that is. Uh, not relevant to me and what I'm doing out here in the world uh, for his, you know, rapping, hip-hop, pop music, whatever you want to call it. And, and so I just, I just thought that was very funny. Because I do think a lot of us have, have blind spots of some kind, whatever it is. And I don't know what it is for everybody. Everybody has different blind spots. You know, I, I imagine that there are are country singers that have no idea of this genre of music or that genre or whatever it is. And I've actually admitted that I have almost no understanding of a whole lot of music, especially when I was doing a segment called Mixtape Playlist Friday on this show. But I do wonder. I wonder if someone on the team for Beyonce helped write the song. I don't know how old Beyonce's kids are either, uh, and if they're Franklin age or not. I should look that up too, because stuff also just gets stuck. Actually, I remember one other thing. And I might be talking about this way too much, but it interests me. I can't, I can't help it. 
Um, and this is probably also in the weeds. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, Dane Cook is a famous comedian who got accused of stealing a whole bunch of material from a bunch of other comics, including actually Louis C.K., who now, of course, is disgraced for some other reasons, although still doing comedy and still pretty funny. And I, I remember, I think it was in Louis' TV show, that Louis C.K. had Dane Cook on, and they gave an explanation for how creative people could unintentionally steal stuff from other people. And what uh, Louis C.K. And on the TV show, granted, but it, it felt like his real opinion, uh, said was, I know you saw me perform my jokes, and I feel like you might have just absorbed them. Like, you, they, they go in your brain, they bounce around in there for however long it takes to forget that someone else gave you this idea, and then, boom, you execute it like it's your own idea and totally forget that it was absorbed and taken from someone else. So maybe, just maybe... Uh, well, Beyonce's in her room of her fancy mansion, and the kids are in their other place, wherever they are, and they're watching Franklin, and Beyonce's trying to think of the, the right stuff for her, her country song, that it's out there and you don't notice and eventually it gets in. I don't know, uh, but it could be that too, or it could be that they're not close enough uh, for it to be stolen at all. But that is not something. Actually, you know what? I think I have a mashup version that I'll play too, and I never thought I'd do five minutes on Beyonce and Franklin, and here we are. Here we go. One more time. Okay, the mashup makes it sound more like she stole it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Will Stevenson, what do you think? Wow. Um, <laughs> I uh, don't know what to say about yeah. that. Do you think maybe it's the thing I'm thinking? Like if Beyonce's kids are little, that she's writing her country song and Franklin's going on in the background and you're not really paying attention? Well, Franklin hasn't really aired yet, though, has it? I have no, I have I no idea. I don't think so. I think that's relatively new. I don't know what Franklin is. Other Franklin than it's, is a Peanuts character. Is it? Yeah. Real, what character? He was the African-American character in Peanuts. And he has his own show now? Yeah. That's cool. That just is is pretty, pretty new. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't know any of that I have a whole part. sheet of postage stamps at home. <laughs> I can show you because I am a Man. Peanuts fan that have Franklin on them. Two things I never expected today to talk about Beyonce and Franklin in the same segment and then for you to have Franklin knowledge that I didn't know you had. Of so, course. What? Of Way course I have knowledge about things you have no reason to believe that I have knowledge That's on. Fine. That's what I do. I know. It's the Craig Collins Show. You can stream us on WMBDRadio.com and listen to us anywhere or tell your smart speaker to play WMBD Radio. Here's Will Stevenson, Franklin fan, live and local <laughs> and in the more, WMBD Radio newsroom. More of a Charlie Brown fan. But that's another discussion. Here are other things I know about. The Tazewell County clerk says a ruling to remove President Donald Trump from Illinois' Republican primary ballot is causing unnecessary confusion. John Ackerman says that's because of an appeal of a Cook County judge's ruling means the former president's name is still on the ballot and votes cast already for him in early voting will still count. But he calls the timing of the process disappointing. It just appears to be a way to make a statement and get involved in the election process rather than allowing the process its own timetable to move through. Ackerman says they will follow whatever guidance the State Board of Elections gives in regards to Trump's status on the ballot. He says the country is also, uh, the county, excuse me, is also prepared just in case Trump is removed from the ballot. 
Firefighters in the Texas panhandle are hoping Mother Nature offers some help in the fight against multiple wildfires. A bit of relief today and also yesterday in the form of cooler temperatures, lower wind speeds, and even some precipitation. Snow falling across much of the region, up to an inch, according to the National Weather Service in some places. But unfortunately, forecasters are saying it is not enough moisture to extinguish the flames. Now, one of the four blazes burning in the Texas panhandle has grown to become the largest wildfire in state history. Over one million acres and just 3% containment Dozens and dozens of homes have been lost. Fox's Casey Stiegel in Dallas, at least one person has been reported dead so far. The latest at WMBDRadio.com. President Biden's visiting the southern border today as the influx of migrants and asylum seekers continues to strain communities across the country. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas laid out his plans for the president when at the border. A bit of relief today and also yesterday. He's going to hear about what they're able to do with the too few resources that they have. He's going to hear about what they need and what impact operationally those additional needed resources would deliver. Mayorkas spoke aboard Air Force One. Former President Donald Trump also at the southern border right now speaking. However, he and President Biden will be in different parts of Texas. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Fishing season is quickly upon us, and Presley's has hundreds of new fishing items in stock. Lures, rods, reels, and more. See it all at Presley. 0910. Coming over to play. Oh, 1470, 100.3. I can't believe the authorities. I can't believe I'm so amused by this. A 1470, 100.3 WMBD. <laughs> it's the Craig Holland Show. I'm getting multiple texts. And actually, uh, the uh, Franklin expert, Ken Zersky, in our traffic department, also opened the door and let me know. Franklin is not the spinoff show, Will, that you no. were just saying it was. No, it's not. <laughs> it is its own show. Hey, Fra- hey, it's Franklin. Uh, it's a, a turtle. His name was Franklin. Of course. Uh, one yeah, listener sure. said that it's definitely a turtle and it's old. Tell Will. Another you know, listener. Here's the thing. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait a second. Okay. Another listener said I used to watch it all the time with my son. How? Absolutely wrong is the, is the, because it was in the How? 2000s. It's a Canadian show. It says so right here in Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a cartoon from Canada, for the love of God. I don't know, man. People, people get stuff. I Canada. Ask- Why did we watch things from Canada? Well, obviously, I didn't. And I'm Obviously, you didn't. And, and by the of way, not. To, de- to defend Will a tad here, uh, he, there is a show yes. coming out that's uh, like Welcome Home, Franklin, that is an Apple TV show that will be a spinoff with the Franklin uh, character from Peanuts. I see. It was on the Family Channel. Well, okay. the Canadian version of the all Family right. Channel. It never aired in the U.S., so how all you people got a Canadian cartoon, I will never know. So I just want to real quickly remind everybody <laughs> that the last time we had an awesome feud going on with Will Stevenson, it was with uh, WEEK. Television, and it was actually who yeah. did you pick? Tyler as, Lopez. Tyler Lopez. That was who, the last. by the way, is still there. His co-anchor just left. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I saw. Yeah, that. Amber just left. It was all over the TV. Prob- probably because of all the issues you have with Tyler too. You know, <laughs> this I is a joke, people. We're can't kidding. Say, yeah, I wonder don't. if he's from Canada. <laughs> and so now your second. I don't know which feud is better: you and Tyler Lopez, or you and Franklin, <laughs> or me and a Canadian turtle. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Gosh, Sentences is... you never thought you'd hear today. Let's see. He right. uh, focused on. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Do some research. Turtle television yep. stories mm-hmm. and books. Apparently, yeah. he's based on a book. Yeah, it seems very nice. Um, 
could count by twos and tie his shoes. Wow. How is, uh, how is that not included in Beyonce's song? I, <laughs> I ask know. you. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but I wanted to but go he's ahead. from and, Canada. I wanted to go ahead and set the record straight, straight and demonstrate that Will is, Will is willing to admit that. that oh, he, I'm willing yeah. to admit I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I was right, but I was wrong. <laughs> I love that version of a sentence. Uh, by the way, I think it was on PBS, uh, is what someone else just texted. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it did. Okay. Well, Jeez. All right. Well, thank you. Will, it was funded by viewers like yeah. you. No yeah. wonder. Yeah. Will's, a friggin' tote bag for it. Will's coming in tomorrow with a, you know, anti Franklin shirt of some kind. <laughs> if we can get him one, someone should get him one. It's a shame you're not going to be here tomorrow. I know. I'm off. I'm yeah. actually, I have a vacation uh, tomorrow. I'm going to Florida because my cousin is getting married. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll be in Florida all weekend. And um, then see I'll... if you can find a Franklin shirt while you're down there. <laughs> I don't know if it's big in Florida. I have no idea. He might be big. Everything's there. big in Florida. There you go. Uh, thank you, Will, very much. Canadian turtle. <laughs> He's going to be Jeez. grumpy the rest of the day. Uh, some other stuff that I have out here that I wanted to talk about uh, just quickly. Uh, and then actually, I, I intend to play some audio. I probably can't play it uh, now. I had intended to play it now uh, because we had so much time chatting about Franklin. Um, but Tony Katz is, is a friend of mine. I actually uh, work for him some other places uh, when he's he's on vacation and stuff. And I've been doing that. For actually longer than I've been here. I, I've been working uh, with Tony and those other places for almost four years now. Uh, but anyway, this is the first time I've ever gotten a request from them to, to help out when Tony is capable of being on, on you know, a platform. He's just in Israel. And uh, Tony Katz is Jewish. And actually, you also hear him uh, now here on Eat, Drink, Smoke, which is on the weekends. Um his audio is is really interesting, and he's going to be sending something every single day, and he's given me permission to play it on here. i got to edit it a little bit, so uh, we'll make sure we get the right stuff. Um, but you'll hear a little bit later on in the show his reaction to how the people in Israel are, are behaving and the places in Israel he's intending to go and the unity that he's seeing within that country and the hatred they have for a terrorist group that still has uh, people – uh, that are are kidnapped and, you know, um, not back home. And it's something that doesn't come up as much as it used to come up within our media, within our conversation, that it's not just that there's a terrorist group with a stated mission to kill everyone uh, in Israel, but they, they still have um, hostages. They still have uh, people that they kidnapped that family members want desperately to be returned. Uh, another thing out there that I thought was just interesting, and uh, this is to kind of jump on some other stuff and then we'll take a break. Uh, but our vice president has suddenly developed a um, southern accent, at least partially. And to me, the confusing thing about this is, and, and this is my hypothesis, is that if you become a politician who panders so much or speaks in these you know, non-statement statements that the vice president often speaks in the, you know, we've got to make sure to not forget what we've been, but go where we want to go or whatever the heck she says, uh, then I think it just becomes second nature. And I wonder if she even realized that she was throwing on an accent as she was doing part of this interview, but I'll play it for you to prove that it definitely happened. <laughs> you know, I was recently with a bunch of um, faith leaders and I said, you know, <laughs> I'm good. I, I said to the the preachers who were there you know during announcements on sunday at church could you could you perhaps ask people to stand up and see who got their student loan um forgiven because so many okay by the way it's so weird at the very end of that 20 seconds it, it goes away so it's there the the accent and then it's and then it's gone uh, which is even more confusing to me i feel like if you're interviewing her 
you have to immediately decide, am I going to bring this up or not? Am I going to bring up the way you're speaking or am I just going to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen? But anybody listening to that, I think that was actually a radio interview some, done somewhere, and that's the, the video that someone took of it, not necessarily, and that's what's making the rounds. Uh, but I, I just can't fathom, again, why that happened. All right, there's one other thing I, I want to play audio on. I'm going to admit going in that this is a serious topic to a lot of people. A lot of people add a lot of emotion out of this conversation. And I actually don't talk about it as much as, as some other uh, media does uh, that does what I do or, or does anything, I guess, in the world of, of providing opinion, not just uh, information, because uh, I definitely provide my opinion throughout this show. Uh, it's about uh, transgender or gender-affirming care or, or whatever uh, I think the right way to describe this or talk about this is. And it's, it's a, a, an actual um, you know, doctor uh, who, who had done this that testified, uh, her name is Jamie Reed, and I'm going to play more audio of this than I, I would normally play of a clip. Um, and she said that she saw this care performed, that she actually believed in it, and then she saw the harm that it did. And the reason I'm playing this is not to try to attack anybody, is not to try to make anybody mad or upset or any of that stuff that you get accused of doing when you play this kind of audio. It's to demonstrate that there is a counterpoint that is accepted within medicine to some of the things that the rhetoric of the world, the political left-leaning or whatever you want to call it statements, refuse to accept and, and willingly ignore so that their position seems as though it's one of righteousness as opposed to one of picking and choosing what information to provide. That is a dangerous um, uh, thing that exists so very often in so many of these conversations, but this is a doctor who's going to give you all of her background, tell you what she used to believe and why she doesn't believe it anymore, and why it's important that gender-affirming care is not something that is is propped up as only having good outcomes because that's not her professional experience. Good morning. My name is Jamie Reed. I have a Master's of Science in Clinical Research, and I worked in a pediatric gender center in St. Louis, Missouri. I was a firm believer in pediatric gender medicine, in my four-year tenure there, I saw many children receive so-called gender-affirming care that ended up leading to significant harms and poor outcomes. I am a passionate advocate for these kids, and so I spoke out as a whistleblower to bring about reforms. We had patients in my tenure detransition. We had patients in my tenure have total radical mastectomies and express regret within months. I counseled patients who had vaginal lacerations due to the atrophy from testosterone, who we had to send directly to the emergency room, who then went directly into emergency surgery. I am a lifelong Democrat, a gay woman, and my spouse is trans. As a Democrat, I adamantly disagree this is a left and right issue. And as a gay woman, I implore Democrats to consider how medicalization of children and adolescents will harm young gay and lesbian people. Okay, so I'm playing audio. I just want to uh, make sure to, to demonstrate of a person who describes herself as a, a Democrat, uh, a gay woman that is actually in a relationship uh, with someone that is transgender. And yet she is saying that this conversa conversation is being overly simplified by people that want to paint the other side of the equation as evil or as bad or as hateful or as some, some version of something. And, and here's the biggest reaction I have to any of this stuff, to this debate, to, to any other debate. And I actually wholeheartedly agree with her that I don't think it's political. 
or at least it shouldn't be. Um, it is. And politicians talk about it and we talk about it with with political slant. But it shouldn't be that that shouldn't be something that we need um, our representatives in Washington to handle. Um, but the thing that I think is so valuable today in, in our society is your truth, your belief, your, you know, whatever you want to call it doesn't have to be everybody else's. No matter what it is we're talking about, I'm not trying to be specific on any issue right now. I'm trying to be a macro in my position. And I think that's the problem. I think so many people wake up in the morning and think, well, if somebody doesn't believe this, this thing that I believe, well, then they're rejecting an actual fact. They're rejecting actual proof. And because of the society we live in, and I'm going to blame a different thing than I usually blame. I usually blame social media and a bunch of other stuff. But today I think I'm just going to blame Google. I think that it's so easy to get um, a positive uh, piece of information that backs up your – excuse me, I'm, I'm coughing as I'm doing this. <clears throat> I'm not getting emotional. I just need water. I think it's so easy to get something that backs up your opinion. It's called confirmation bias. It actually has a name uh, with the uh, Google that exists for all of us. Like if you look up, hey, wait a minute, I think that this is true. Let me see if I can find it on Google or whatever your search engine of choice is. And even if you thumb down a few pages, you're likely to find somebody who's telling you you're right. And so that's that's another problem is that we believe some of us, not all of us, probably not a lot of people listening to the show, uh, but we believe so many of our, our, our thoughts are facts or our opinions are simply true. And they're not. They're also not false because they're opinions. They're just, in fact, opinions. And so demanding that other people behave as though our opinions are facts is hurting our society. That's my opinion. Uh, that's my reaction to this. You don't have to agree with me, uh, but I definitely think it's interesting to hear from people like like this professional, this psychologist, and it should be much harder to throw it out and reject it as as hate or whatever it gets rejected as, uh, even though I doubt very much that you'll be hearing this a lot of places. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.5. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, a friend of mine, a broadcaster, uh, his name is Tony Katz. You actually hear him now uh, on this station for his Eat, Drink, Smoke show, which is nationally syndicated. Uh, I actually even uh, know the people who uh, syndicate it, uh, but that's not important. Um, uh, Tony has allowed me to play audio uh, that he's sending and sending to a bunch of uh, stations of his um, that uh, talks about his experience being in Israel. Uh, so I, I want to jump ahead just a, a tiny little bit in the audio, and I'm going to play a lot of this uh, because I thought the perspective was really interesting. Um, but uh, Tony had just landed uh, this morning uh, when he sent this first update along. Uh, he's seven hours ahead of, of the normal time where he actually uh, typically lives, uh, so I'm sure he's adjusting to jet lag. Uh, funny, he adds that he had just bought a bunch of cigars, too, because that's that's his thing, eat, drink, smoke, as you hear on the weekend here. Uh, but then he he goes into the the sentiment uh, going on in Israel right now, and it's it's really fascinating. So here's a bit of of Tony Katz and his update uh, from Israel. He'll be doing this once a day, and he has given me permission to share this stuff uh, on our our station and on my show. So here we go. Got to where I'm staying in in Tel Aviv, and and uh, so far I've spent over five hundred dollars cigar on cigars, and I got crapped on by a bird. Both those things did happen in the few hours. That I've been in Tel Aviv, the skies are, are blue. And what's fascinating about this city, I mean, you're talking about a full-on metropolitan, international city. You can actually hear the, 
the the horns and everything else uh, in in the in the background there. It's life as normal here, which is I think for a lot of people kind of hard to fathom. How in the world do you have life as normal when you're at war? And their answer is, what are we supposed to do? We've got the soldiers on it, but businesses have to be run. Lives have to be taken care of. People still need to go to a grocery store. And even in Tel Aviv, you hear about people starting to do more nighttime activities, nightlife activities. Now, Tel Aviv is also where they have some of the protests. Not only do they constantly have those people demanding the release of the hostages, right? People you and I would very, very much like. I think I would like those people a lot, yes. But they also have people who want to engage in the politics of of Israel. From what I am told, uh, just as anecdotally, it is a minority of the country. They're just very vocal. And they come to Tel Aviv, and they and they kind of try and take over the, the, the downtown downtown wow. of Tel Aviv and block traffic to try and have changes made to this government, which is right now, uh, so we know it, a unity government. So when people say, you know, Netanyahu, right-wing government, that, that, that's, that's not accurate by any stretch of the imagination. This is a unity government because they're dealing with this terrorist organization, Hamas. Now... When Hamas is destroyed, and that is certainly the hope, um, then things will change, and then they'll go back to elections because it's it's Israeli politics. It's <laughs> it's completely insane. Sure, they'll go back to that, and uh, you can rest assured that Netanyahu will be out because right. that's that's exactly how it's it's going to go. Yeah. Um, once this is done, they're going to look at him and say, "How could you have allowed this to happen under?" Your watch. Now, that's my take on it. I have been uh, clear about this, and I haven't changed. What I can tell you is that everywhere you go, there are reminders. Uh, bring them home now, uh, those signs. When you're in the airport, Ben-Gurion Airport is the name of the airport, and you're walking down this, this ramp to get to customs and show your passport, it is nothing but photos of all the hostages. Release him wow. now. Release her now. It's a couple. Release them now. Wow. That's all you see. Just lining this this walkway, this kind of ramp. It's a pretty wide ramp uh, as, as you're walking down. The reminders are everywhere. This is a very, very unified country. All right. I want to stop it there. Um, that is probably one of the most important things that we need context on that we lack. That's sort of amazing uh, that Tony is getting uh, with where he is right now, being in Tel Aviv and being in in Israel. Uh, that and I've, I've said this actually on the show in my own way. I've said that if you were uh, someone in Israel, if you were Israeli, uh, you would want your government to protect you when a terrorist organization attacks, uh, brutally uh, kills and kidnaps a, a bunch of people. Uh, and has every intention of doing it again if they're allowed to continue to exist. Uh, but the fact that they're unified in in their desire to end the threat that is Hamas and the the terrorist group that is Hamas, even so much so that they might not like Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, but they're at least going to not be all that mad that he's in power until this is all over. And then absolutely for the reason Tony said, I fully agree with the allowing it to happen part, because they actually were in a ceasefire, uh, which comes up a lot. Uh, as far as right before uh, the Hamas terrorists attacked Israel, there was actually a ceasefire that they didn't pay attention to. So, again, it, it's just sort of profound to realize how that country, it's, it's the same way we talk about Ukraine. When we say Ukraine was unified and fighting uh, Russia and we, we praised them and supported them and, and thought that they almost seemed American in their behavior to stand up for themselves, 
Israel and their people believe they're doing the same thing. And yet the way that we talk about that in this country is profoundly different. And that is confusing uh, to a lot of us. And granted, none of this excuses that innocent people are, are dying uh, within this conflict. That It doesn't excuse that. I'm not trying to remove that as an aspect of the conversation. I just believe you have to state the reason why that's happening. And it is not because Israel just doesn't care. That That is, that is a, a misguided oversimplification of this issue, to say the very least. Uh, so I do think that's important as well. Uh, but anyway, thank you to Tony Katz. Uh, he actually thanked me a couple times in the audio. I took it out. Uh, but thank you to Tony Katz for for uh, that and for allowing us to, to air some more of those. Uh, he's going to be traveling throughout Israel, so he'll have information about more than just how Tel Aviv is, is doing. Um, so it, it'll be sort of fascinating stuff. Uh, to say the very least. All right, we'll take a break on that note. Well, I'll take a break. News will not. They'll, they'll work. Uh, it's the Craig Collins Show. You can hear us on AM radio at 1470, on FM at 100.3 and everywhere. Dot com 1470-100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I have to tell you that I got a whole bunch of text messages from people, and I give my phone number out on the air. I, I like to hear from you. And that number, by the way, if you want to text the show at any time, uh, 309-340-4464. That's the number, 309-340-4464. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, Radio Craig Collins is uh, the way you find me there. Uh, and people do message me there, too, but not, not as much as uh, text. I like text better. Uh, but when uh, Trump got removed from the ballot, when a, a Cook County Circuit judge, Tracy Porter is the person's name, agreed, uh, apparently the way that it's described in the in the news, and this is really disingenuous, I think, agreed with voters um, who argued Mr. Trump had violated the U.S. Constitution. He did, the, the judge didn't agree with voters as a simplistic statement. Uh, he agreed with the people who brought the case against Trump. Uh, who happen to also be voters. So describing it that way as if a majority of Illinois would like to see Trump removed from the ballot is ridiculous. That That's that's insanity, and that's, that's selective versions of saying words that are included uh, within the judge's ruling. Um, but I got a bunch of texts. People all over were saying, how dare, and this was the most common take, how dare Chicago tell the rest of us what to do? Because it's a Cook County circuit judge. It's it's all the things that you always think it is where they have one opinion and the rest of the state has a different opinion. And why are we doing what they think we should do? That This happened mostly during covid. I mean, honestly, it's probably been happening forever with policy decisions and and all the weird amount of weight that a a city uh, as populous as Chicago has. Uh, we're not the only state that has that. New York, um, California, a bunch of places have a disproportionate amount of control of the decisions they make as a state uh, because of uh, the the large pocket of belief uh, that exists within a lot of cities. But anyway, as I say that, I, I thought it was so interesting that most of the texts I was getting, even after hours, like I was getting some pretty late last night about how ridiculous this is because it's just so inaccurate. It's not a reflection of what, well, Republicans won, uh, first want. Um, and you've been seeing that state after state as Trump is winning by huge numbers in the primaries that have occurred so far. Uh, but even beyond that, it, it's not what most of, of the state of Illinois wants. Uh, if you look at the state, not by the total number of people, uh, but by the consensus of everywhere that's not Chicago. Um, and honestly, I, I bet you those numbers are fairly close when you look at the total amount of people that are in Chicago that feel one way and then everybody else uh, that lives throughout the state. I don't think it would be overwhelming that, you know, Chicago has um, uh, a, a giant 
um, you know, perception or a giant opinion where most of the people who live in the state technically would feel a certain way. Uh, so it's just fascinating to me. And again, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, Trump has already officially um, challenged it. So he's officially appealed. And it's one of yet another set of things that's going to probably wind up all the way at the Supreme Court, although Colorado, uh, a case that Trump has already appeared, that's, er- that's already appealed, excuse me, that's already with the Supreme Court will probably be precedent uh, to, to throw a lot of this other stuff out. Uh, the one other thing I'll say outside of the frustration I got from a lot of listeners who felt like Chicago was once again trying to tell the rest of us uh, who uh, to vote for or how to you know run um, our communities, our cities, uh, whatever. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that the, the most fascinating part to me is what the future looks like if this is allowed to happen and how many other politicians wind up getting removed or attempted to be removed from ballots all throughout the country for all kinds of stuff. So so we'll see. Uh, but that's definitely a thing out there. Uh, also, of course, and I have audio to play, but I don't know. I don't feel like I'm in an audio mood today. I'll just keep ranting. and Hopefully that's OK with you. Uh, the border visits. I have news reactions uh, to Biden and to Trump going to the border. I'm annoyed by this. I'm not as annoyed with Trump, and that's not because uh, what I'm sure someone just yelled at the radio is because I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, someone who says very openly that I'm a conservative, that I'm uh, uh, on the Republican side of the aisle on the show. Um, but Trump's message about the border has been that we need to fix it and we need to fix it by doing things that we refuse to do. Uh, Biden's message has been, I'm not doing stuff. Um, So Biden going to the border doesn't make me feel as though he understands the seriousness of the issue any any better. And I think that's the whole objective of it. It's all just this political theater stuff, because if the policies don't change, I don't think I can remember a time when a politician told me they were traveling somewhere and then they came back from that travel, at least recently. I'm sure you're going to give me historical examples of this. But I mean, in the last however many years where they come back from wherever they went and they go, you know what? My mind has been totally changed and I'm doing everything different now. That never happens. There's never the comeuppance part of, you know what, this is broken. And by the way, uh, Biden's actually going to the least bad part of the um, southern border, uh, the part that sees the least amount of people uh, cross into our country illegally, which is an odd choice. If you want to get a scope of a problem, if you want hands-on understanding of an issue, uh, choosing to go to the place where you're seeing the least of it is is odd. And Trump, by the way, is choosing to go to the place where they're seeing the most of it. Uh, but none of this means that anything changes for us. None of this affects anything for us. And they know that the, the politicians know they're not they're not doing anything that benefits us by, by going and being there. They're just quieting a complaint that gets made every so often of how can you uh, you know govern when you haven't even seen the problem. So they go, they see the problem and they change nothing. I wonder if they don't even really pay attention, you know, in all honesty, like they, they act like they are, uh, but they're really not even looking around uh, to any of that stuff. And I'm sure Trump will treat it more seriously than Biden will, because it's a it's a winning message uh, for Trump uh, with a lot of a lot of voters. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just it's just very fascinating to me that they do this at all um, and then they never change any policy. All right. Another thing out there that I thought was uh, pretty significant today, um, the government is likely to be funded. Um, they voted. Excuse me. They voted today. And a lot of um, uh, Republicans, I think 113, 207 Democrats, uh, so 320 total votes, opposed, uh, uh, passed a motion that suspends the um the likelihood of the government shutting down, I think it would have been on Saturday if they didn't do this. It's it's another stopgap measure. It's another give them a few weeks measure as they continue to try to work out a long term agreement that probably includes more solutions at the border. Uh, but there are people who are criticizing Republicans and the 
you know, House Speaker for for giving in at all for just delaying this. And if this just keeps happening, because at some point the government might need to actually shut down um, and it won't impact us as much as we think it will. And that's something I think that matters uh, because that's when politicians actually start to get serious. Uh, just getting to kick the football down the field again as much as they they're doing it isn't really helping any of us. It's delaying a problem, uh, which is the least possible thing uh, you can do while still technically doing something. Uh, So I I don't know. I'm just frustrated by it. And then one last thing, actually, uh, that I'll throw out before uh, I take a a pause of this show and then uh, other people do stuff. A federal judge on Thursday, uh, today, uh, blocked a new Texas law that would give police broad powers to arrest migrants suspected of illegally entering the United States, dealing a victory to the Biden administration with a broad rejection of Republican Governor Greg Abbott's immigration enforcement effort. Uh, This is something that's long debated uh, in a bunch of ways, in a bunch of scenarios, not just with uh, illegal immigrants, but it's actually something that was a, a rule. I remember as a little kid, a rule that happened in New York, stop and frisk, was something that is said to have really cleaned up New York City at a time when New York City was not the tourist destination it is now. Times Square used to be horrible. Way back in the day, Times Square was the place where where people were dealing drugs and you did not want to be late at night. And then certain things were changed. Rudy Giuliani um, was praised with cleaning up New York City. And one of the reasons he was praised with doing that is that you brought more ramifications for people that were actually committing crimes. Uh, the argument against it is that there's racism there. The assumption that someone is is, you know, likely to say have a gun or something on them uh, is something that people argue could be made based on other things and not based on behavior. And that's the same exact thing they're saying in the world of Texas police approaching someone that they think might be illegal. I'm not going to pretend there's there's zero uh you know, value in having that discussion. But I do think it's interesting uh, that when it works, we sort of forget about it. And then when we talk about it again, we we lay on these sort of issues uh, that, you know, uh, by and large are probably secondary conversations to the more important one, which is how do we fix this problem? Uh, but anyway, that's another big thing out there in the news uh, that I just wanted to relay. Um, uh, after the break, uh, I wanted to tell you about a snowboarder who faced a shotgun Uh, He was like face to face with a shotgun and had the most like Spicoli reaction to a shotgun you'd ever hear. I didn't know that uh, Spicoli stopped surfing and started snowboarding, but I'll give you that and much more in just a bit. Uh, It's uh, 1470, 100.3. Here with promo code Clay. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Man, I was feeling so good about the show, about so much stuff, and then I make a, a dumb mistake. I screw up. Uh, I'm not going to try to bring any more attention to it. I'm just telling you I'm I'm a human. All right. Uh, some other things out there in the world that I thought were interesting uh, before uh, we get to um, uh, a news uh, update in about four minutes or so. And then I think my wife is coming in for Spanish word of the day in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, it's this audio, this this snowboarder, uh, which is just crazy. So I guess this guy is snowboarding in Utah, and he winds up going over some private property. And the dude who owns the private property, who sounds like he also knows the law, um, is holding a shotgun and says, uh, this is my private property. Uh, you got to get out of here. Like, don't do this, essentially. Uh, if you do it again, there's going to be holes in you. I think it's it's something like that. And the snowboarder reacts in such an amazing way. I mean, like, is this intimidating? Sure. 
Uh, is there a way that you could have find maybe a, a middle ground to immediately threatening someone if they genuinely are making a mistake they're not aware uh, that they're making um, uh, as opposed to like doing it this way? I think so. I think cooler heads could have prevailed, but luckily no one got hurt. And I just can't get over again. And the guy is obviously live streaming while he's doing all this because he starts talking to the camera how how chill he is to almost get you know shot by a dude with a shotgun for uh, trespassing on private property. Here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh! I'm sorry. This is private property. Do it again, there'll be holes. I'm not doing it again. I'm sorry. I have every right to protect my private property. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. There was no signs. I didn't see a sign. Whoa. That's a good ender. Shotgun pointed right at my helmet ain't going to save me from no shotgun. This is my last run on my trip. Right. About to get blown to smithereens. Oh, man. <laughs> That is that is crazy. The end of that. I don't know if he was like uh, going across this land a bunch of times and like probably knew what he was doing was wrong. I have no idea. Um, but the 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 hey, I have every right to defend my property thing is true in a lot of states, um, and it's it's something you hear about every so often. I'm glad that no one got hurt, uh, but I just I can't get over the end of that where the the snowboarder's like, whoa, that was crazy, and I was almost you know shot. Uh, but I guess we're just gonna move on now. Here, one That's more time. A good ender. Shotgun pointed right at my helmet ain't going to save me from no shotgun. This uh-huh. is my last run on my trip. About to get blown to smithereens. A helmet will not protect you from a shotgun. That is absolutely true. And that sounds like Spicoli uh, just doing snowboarding instead of surfing. I can't I can't get over the craziness of that. All right. Uh, another thing out there that I saw, and I, I wonder how you react to it. I wonder how much you'd, you'd want this. It's the nine ways to live to be 100 and have fun while doing it, according to longevity experts. I did not know there was such a thing as longevity experts. And again, my reaction is like, I don't I don't know if I want to live uh, to, to be 100. I've joked before that I want robot parts put in me so that I can like do cool stuff as I age. But I, I'm sure that there's there's a version of um I don't know how to say this without it sounding dark. I can't. I can't help it. Uh, there's a version of if you if you have a lot taken away from you uh, toward the end of, of life because of age uh, that that you kind of feel like you're you're ready. Uh, that's something my grandmother, who recently passed away, uh, would say to us a lot over the last few years of her life that she was ready. She's waiting for God to take her. And so, in that sense, as serious as I'm taking a silly topic, I I have that reaction. I don't know if I'd want to be. 100. But anyway, some of the things that might help you get there and have it be a pleasant experience are to go to happy hour. This is my first one. Uh, it doesn't say drink a whole lot. Uh, and especially uh, if you're picking something to, to drink alcohol wise, you should pick a glass of wine. But there's a bunch of health benefits to it, according to the study. Uh, take a load off. Find ways to relieve negative stress, uh, whether that's a simple breathing technique you do multiple times a day or actual full on meditation. Uh, that's going to help you. It says eat a plant-based diet, uh, which I'm not likely to do, um, but it, it says that this might help. Uh, I imagine that there's, there's a difference here, though, and it actually is the next rule on the list, the 80-20 rule, uh, which says that 80% of the things you eat should be healthy and 20% are allowed to be anything else. If they're trying to tell me that red meat and other stuff isn't healthy, I can skirt the eat a plant-based diet move by at least having 20% of my food uh, be, you know, delicious, delicious meat. 
and mine is probably way higher than 20%, and still follow their rules, which I, I don't intend to do. Uh, move more. It says you should be working out like 90 minutes a day. That's not feasible for a lot of people. An hour even is another recommendation. But just like walk around, take breaks, do laps at your office, do whatever you need. 22 minutes of walking is better than not doing 22 minutes of walking. So that's important. Uh, find friends. Uh, this is important not just to have family that you're close to, but but people you're close to uh, that are friendships because it, it gives you uh, other stuff uh, to, to do or, you know, distractions in life. Uh, prioritize your loved ones. And then the last two are the ones that I, I thought I liked the most. It says you should build a community. And I'm going to thank you, uh, the listeners, because because of you and everybody that texts me, I feel like I've built a community uh, with you listening to this show. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464 to participate in the community uh, that we're creating here every day on this show, which is, again, just like really awesome. Uh, but the other thing it says, the last thing is have a purpose. Find your why. And when I first read that, I thought of it the way like a drunk buddy of mine would say something in some sort of conversation at a bar. He's like, you got to find your why, dude. And you probably dismiss it. You probably throw it out. But honestly, it's, it's probably the most valuable thing we can do. Uh, figure out what the stuff is we're working for or working toward or what the, the desires we have for our life is and how much that can you know, help make you just simply feel better. And uh, I'll probably fight a lot of those negative uh, feelings that come into play. So finding your why is both the thing my drunk buddy would say in a bar. I'm not going to pretend it's not. And also something that does sound important if you can figure out how to do it. All right. Uh, it's 1470 FM 100.3. Uh, you can stream us everywhere on the WMBDRadio.com website and listen to us anywhere by telling your smart speaker to play WMBD Radio. Here's Will Stevenson, live and local in the WMBD Radio Newsroom. Craig, a Peoria man will not be facing murder charges after claiming self-defense in a fatal stabbing incident between brothers from earlier this week. Peoria County State's Attorney Jody Hoos says evidence backs up the claims from 31-year-old Jeremy Barnett after the Tuesday evening stabbing on West Virginia Avenue claimed the life of 37-year-old Denarius Barnett. Uh, 24 hours prior to the stabbing, police were reportedly called four separate times regarding problems between Denarius and family members. Denarius reportedly began fighting with Jeremy after arriving at the West Virginia location with Denarius choking Jeremy after throwing him to the ground. Jeremy reportedly grabbed a kitchen knife and stabbed Denarius who says injuries on Jeremy's neck were consistent with strangulation and he's fully cooperated in the investigation. The argument of self-defense came into play. Congress is working to avoid a government shutdown tomorrow. They've passed funding legislation today. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries explains what his party has done to try and solve the mess. Democrats have demonstrated our willingness to work together, do the right thing, by the American people and provide the overwhelming majority of votes necessary to get things done. Jeffrey says Democrats are working to fund the U.S. government, avoiding a shutdown and work to find a spending agreement that works for Americans. The Senate could vote on the bill today. More at WMBDRadio.com. People who commented on WMBD's Facebook page largely said there was nothing to be worried about, but many others, including community leaders, say a Peoria police recruiting ad making reference to the video game Call of Duty sends a bad message. The ad was taken off social media Media quickly after being first posted following the backlash. Gives that connotation and, and something that we were working hard 
not to have here and something that we've been working hard and will continue to work hard to take away that us against them. It's not a war. We are all part of the community. And AACP Peoria President Marvin Hightower telling 25 News the use of such an ad can unravel all the good the police have done improving community relations. Police Chief Eric Echevarria apologized for the ad, saying the mistake was on him and that before using other ads in the future, he'll keep the community in mind. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Fishing season is quickly upon us, and Presley's has hundreds of new fishing items in stock. Lures, rods, reels, and more. See it all in Presley Eye Center. Vision for your future. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff uh, to talk about, as I always said. Uh, my wife was in studio and then had to uh, bounce out, uh, but hopefully she's being uh, sent back in so we can do a Spanish word of the day. I have another Betty was right uh, topic. I've really enjoyed doing these. Uh, my wife uh, tells me stuff, and um, sometimes I don't listen to this. I'm sure a lot of married guys do this you're like yeah i don't know about that one and then i find a story because of what i do for a living where i actually research and look up stuff and then i find up betty was right about another thing so i have another betty is right topic there she is she just sat down Uh, before i do any of that though there's one other thing i wanted to, to throw out there apparently cable news is about to fire a crap ton of people uh, this is a story that I think a few different people have reported on. Uh, they're going to reduce a lot of wages and can a, a bunch of people. And so the truth is that um, cable news is struggling. And so I thought that was significant and important. And I, I think a lot of us could figure out some reasons why. All right, let's bring my wife in. Uh, Betty, how are you? How's your day going? Oh, I'm sorry. I know you just had to throw those headphones on. How are you doing? Good, Craig. Thank you for having me. Are you excited for Betty was right? Yes. Do you like, good. is this your favorite radio segment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to admit it. I want you to tell me again, yes, that it sounds good. I want to hear you say that one more time. Yes, please. Okay. All right. Betty was right. So uh, junk food is really, really bad for us, is uh, a study that uh, people uh, looked into. Apparently, it causes 32 diseases and health conditions. One of those is death that they listed. 32. 32. One of those is death. It can cause, and granted, you're going to hear a lot of stuff you've said. Yeah. So this is a lot of Betty was right. Sleep disturbances, yeah. uh, mental health issues, cardiovascular issues. Here's another one. Gastrointestinal stomach yeah. issues, uh-huh. depending on what uh-huh. you eat and consume. Look at you nodding your head and smiling. <laughs> the amount of bad food you eat, the amount of junk food you eat, uh, is directly tied to the amount of health things you struggle with. Now, whenever I eat stuff in the house that is unhealthy, especially... First oh. meal of the day. Oh, yes. If yes. I wake up and you're, you know, maybe making something nice for yourself breakfast-wise and I grab, like, a, a candy bar, what does Betty say? I was like, Craig, seriously, are you going <laughs> to... Are you going to consume that piece of chocolate or, like, first. A soda or... Right. Um, really? Or, like, energy drink in mm-hmm. the morning, first thing in the morning. That's that's a no-no for, yes. for me. I know. I know you tell me it's a no-no for me, too. You say no, and apparently you're right. All this stuff, you need to do better. Did you hear the 80-20 rule I was talking about a second ago? 80-20? 
Apparently, 80% of the food we eat should be healthy, and 20% can be whatever we want. Well, the problem is, like, you go to the store, 70% of the food is, like, food that you are not supposed to consume, and the 30% is the food that you are supposed to consume, like healthy food. Yeah, and you also say there's a bunch of stuff on all those ingredient lists that we don't pay attention to. Yes, exactly. And you don't like them. Yeah. And you Uh, go and read them. When you see uh, the nutritional label and, and on the items mm. that you try to buy just check yeah. it out and wh- whatever items that doesn't like click in your brain that are familiar with you just don't buy it it's sure. a lot of stuff like we don't even know what is on it absolutely true uh, you know what's one funny too i was just thinking this they should set up a betty desk at like grocery stores so you can sit down and read through the items and tell us what's <laughs> good and what's bad and people can go consult the betty desk to be like should i buy this and be like well no I think it's bad for these reasons. Well, I guess, like, I'm, I, I tell you this. I'm very passionate about, like, knowing more about, like, nutrition mm-hmm. because both of my parents have diabetes. Yeah. So uh, every time that I talk to my mom or my dad in the phone, I try to help them when they ask me about something. Yeah. Like, if they should eat something or mm-hmm. if, they are, if they're not supposed to, whatever, like, eat certain uh, amount of food or... Sure. A specific food, yeah. like uh, all the uh, sweeteners. Every sweetener is, is different. Oh, it's Betty hates crazy. the sweeteners. Yeah, Betty, yeah, yeah. Betty has a feud against the sweeteners, <laughs> yeah. and you love coffee, so it's I very hard for coffee. you. Yes. I, I'm being like uh, putting honey on my coffee. Really? Yes. I didn't see you do that at all. Is that yeah. better? Do you like that? I, it's it's different, but uh, I like <laughs> I like it better than a stevia. Oh, I felt so bad for you when you said it's different because it yes. doesn't taste as good as, as no, sugar. No, yeah. sugar. Yeah, I love I like a uh, raw cane sugar. sugar. Cane sugar. We should buy some of that so you don't yes. have to put honey in your coffee. Yeah. But Betty was right. I wanted to prove it uh, yet again. Uh, all right, it's just about that time uh, where we talk about um, Spanish word of the day. I do have one other silly topic for you, uh, but I want to get Spanish word of the day. It's 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 just due. I've been sending, I've been getting texts from listeners when you come on the show, being like, "You're not spending enough time in Spanish word of the day. We need we need more time <laughs> to hear it, to understand it." Do you have one prepared today? Yes, I do. I actually have two, but I will. Pick oh wow, the easiest one. No, pick them you. both. Uh, so this is Betty teaching us Spanish, all of Central Illinois, one word at a time or two sometimes. What's your first word? Extrañar. 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 With what, X. what does that mean? Extrañar. Am I saying it right or no? Yes, extra, okay. extrañar. What does that mean? To miss, to miss someone. Oh, to miss, to yes. uh, extraño, or however you say it, yeah, right? Yeah, like, uh, yo extraño. Yeah, I miss somebody. I miss someone. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, se- I send you texts that say that when you go to Mexico without me. Yes. yes uh, that's how I know that word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When yeah. I'm sitting at home alone and you're partying with your whole family in Mexico, yeah. and extraño. they all ask where I am, extraño. Uh, what's the other word? The other one is uh, error. Oh, why'd you do that? You know I can't do that. <laughs> error, Craig. Tell me again. Error. Error. <laughs> no, error. Double er, er, error. Double R. I know. So it's an error. That's when you make a mistake. Mistake. Because yes. I made one earlier yes. in the show. Yeah. So that's yes. an error. And you were very polite, apologizing. You know, <laughs> Thank you, Betty. I was told yeah. to be polite. Yeah. I, I was, t- although I'm probably pointing it out too much, which is not not so great either. Um, but no, absolutely. So so again, the two words are extraño or ex- extrañar. Extrañar. And then error. Error. <laughs> Okay. All right. I love, I just thought of this. Um, I love the fact that that all of your family laughs at me every time I try to roll my R. They double R. They think yes. it's hilarious. All right. The one other thing I wanted to play, I don't know if you heard it earlier in my show. Did Beyonce steal her song from a children's show? 
Yes, I hear that. I, I hear that segment. Do you it, think it's it true? It is funny, though. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I'm going to play the mashup version, which means that this is both songs put together. It's Beyonce's song, and it's the theme song to a 1990s, early 2000s cartoon with a turtle. Uh, Franklin is a turtle, <laughs> by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. And a lot of my listeners definitely did know, but here we go. This ain't Texas. Hey, it's Franklin. Lay your cards down, down, down. Coming over to play. Don't be a come take it to the flow now. Hey, it's Franklin. Photogenic. Shoot. That's both songs at the same time, kind of uh, lapped over well, each other. I can, yeah. Well, now <laughs> I have to think about it. Oh. <laughs> you think that maybe like her kids were playing and watching Franklin, and she just absorbed it, and then probably that yeah. happens, especially when I mean, uh, when you create and yes. you you always grab like pieces from here, everywhere. there, everywhere, mm-hmm. and then you collect something like uh, it, it, it gets uh, to become a heat yes. right on air, and uh, suddenly there. It's somewhere like it's like, oh, hey, you are taking part of my of my thing. Music, and you forgot. Or, yeah. Yes. Well, and you're a big fan of Beyonce. You call her. Como? No, no. You say you don't say her whole name. What do you say, Betty? Beyonce. No, you say Beyonce. You're like, did you see Beyonce? Beyonce. Beyonce. Do you remember that you say that a lot to me? Yes. You're like, Beyonce is out there. Beyonce yes. is doing this. It's very adorable. You what? gave her a nickname. <laughs> Beyonce. But you're a fan of Beyonce, and you, you wouldn't think she'd steal Franklin's and I song just, on Even though I'm a fan of Beyonce, I mm. didn't know about this song until I found it on TikTok. Which sure. a lot of people from, I don't know if they are from Texas, they are singing, I mean, they are dancing like specific steps <laughs> from that song. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So you like that? Yes, it, and, it is. It is. Fun. And you don't think she stole Franklin on purpose? No, not on purpose. Okay. But maybe he was in the back of her Good. head. Betty has decided. Uh, no one else needs to question this anymore. <laughs> Thank you, as always. Betty is always right. I should say that as part of the ending of this. Uh, 1470, 100.3. And let's get you covered for less. Fourteen seventy, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Um, it's weird. I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm like throwing out all the audio I have. I have so much audio prep for the show, and I keep just wanting to talk. So I apologize if that's what I'm doing. Actually, I'm not supposed to. I, I don't apologize. This is what I'm doing. Uh, I saw this. I thought this was interesting. Working parents need more people than you might assume to help raise their children. Uh, the first thing when I saw this story that I reacted to is that I was raised by a single mom. And actually, I vividly remember a couple things about that. I remember when we moved away from some of our family uh, to go toward where some of our other family lived. And my mom lost babysitters and stuff. Uh, my grandfather, my grandmother, people we moved away from. They didn't babysit us as much as you might think. But still, uh, she chose to move and she had an opportunity for a better job. All the reasons you move. And then we get to a new place, and some of our family that lived there actually moved away a couple of years later. And it was really defeating for my mom. And I remember as a little kid, like, like observing that, the, the sadness. And I think it's because of this. I think it's because of how much you need, like, a group of people uh, to be in your children's lives, especially if you're raising them as just one parent. Uh, but 2,000 working parents of children, and this is not single parents specifically, uh, under the age of 10, said family members such as grandparents, 46% of the time, aunts, uncles, and cousins, 27%, siblings, 26%, and even just friends and neighbors, uh, the village part of that uh, you know, statement, uh, 17% and 8%. Uh, these are all people who help out with child care. 
Now, also, uh, 33% of people did say they use some form of daycare or, or school uh, to send their kids to, especially if they're not old enough for the kind of school we all go to. And the cost of child care is one of the many things mentioned here as becoming more and more unaffordable for many, many Americans. And the, you don't have a choice. Like, if you don't have people to watch your kids and you have to have a job in order to support your kids, you, you got you to gotta go somewhere. You got to do something with that. And so it's one of the less talked about but valuable things uh, for us to consider about the impact of inflation, everything else on our lives, is that child care goes up to a place that becomes like you're darned if you do and darned if you don't uh, sort of thing. But I just thought that was interesting that essentially, no matter how many times it's said, uh, that you absolutely do need a whole lot of people uh, around you uh, to help raise your kids. It's just it's just true. And actually, I also thought of some friends of mine uh, who help out with uh, their family, their loved ones. And actually, one buddy of mine uh, who's, whose um, granddaughter uh, he sees a lot of and cares about a lot and is very proud to be like, a, you know, a, an active grandpa, um, which is really cool. Uh, and it reminds me of my grandpa a little bit and how much I liked him. As a kid, even though I'm pretty sure that my friend sees his kid uh, more than uh, we had the availability to see grandpa just because my mom was so busy uh, working and doing everything and trying to she was also going to school and it wound up being how she got a better job. I think I'm just talking about my mom all of a sudden now on the radio. Uh, I'll move on. I'm I'm impressed with her. I'll say that, too. Uh, Jeans with extreme wrinkle effect uh, effect shock people online. Uh, There's a brand new one from Zara. Uh, that's out there, that it really looks like it was run over, uh, thrown into like a blender. It just looks real dumb. Uh, But they're 70 bucks. The wrinkle effect jeans will not unwrinkle. Uh, You can't iron them to make them look better. Uh, They're just going to always look like you slept in them for several days. And people are both confused by this, but then other people, I guess, think it's cool. Uh, The thing I don't get is why it's so much money. Because, like, I can make this stuff. I have jeans. I could ruin them, and then I could put them online and ask somebody to pay a lot of money for it. But because I'm not a famous designer, uh, no one's going to buy it, even if it looks identical to the thing the famous designer made that's real dumb, that's real stupid. Uh, The luxury fashion house uh, that created this is known for other questionable products. They have a $2,500 grocery bag. Uh, They call it a grocery sack. But it's it's one of those things that you'd bring to the grocery store every single time. It's two thousand five hundred bucks. They have a nine hundred twenty five dollar towel skirt, uh, which I don't know how that's different than a towel. Uh, somebody tell me. I don't know some of this stuff. I know that I should know that or I don't know if I should actually. Maybe not knowing what a towel skirt is is, is a good thing. And then finally, a forty two hundred dollar tote bag with a built in glove. So you actually carry the the purse uh, with a glove that you wear that's inside the purse. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, but it's it's a thing, and I guess you can buy it. Uh, and I think there might even be a crumpled version of it uh, because apparently that's popular uh, in the world we live in now. But I love that because I always think to myself, like, I can get into this fashion thing real, real easy. I just got to screw stuff up and uh, and tell everybody that it's it's fashion, and then I guess they'll they'll believe me. All right. Uh, another thing that I liked a lot that I saw out there in the, the world uh, out there in the in the ether uh, was this audio. Uh, I'm, I'm probably not even going to play this audio, but it is pretty funny. Um, it is a guy at a jack in the box trying to convince someone. Uh, you know, what? maybe we will play it. Trying to convince someone uh, that's taking his order uh, that there are two different drink items on the menu. Uh, the one that she's trying to sell him and the one that he actually uh, wants. Oh, I have to actually play it over on this computer. I'm going to actually get the audio for you. It doesn't work over here. Uh, but what I find so funny about this 
is the snarkiness of the woman who's taken the order um, at the, you know, fast food spot at the Jack in the Box, because it, it's it's extra like whatever, sir. You're so dumb, sir. And uh, the video does show that on the menu, the item he's asking for uh, does exist. And it's different than the item that she's trying to make him buy. Essentially, it's two different forms of, of a beverage. Uh, he wants the non-lemonade a Minute Maid, and she's just giving him the Minute Maid that's lemonade, uh, which is a silly thing to, to describe for you. But I don't know. Like, I don't remember uh, customer service uh, being this, like, crazy and snarky. And I feel like you, you get it a lot now. You get a lot of people that do not seem happy uh, when they've uh, chosen to show up at their job where they're going to talk to other humans, and they, they do not hide their lack of happiness uh, throughout their gig for the day. Here we go. Peach flavor? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Minute Maid, not Lemonade. Minute Maid juice. Oh. Minute Maid is Lemonade, but it's okay, whatever makes you happy. Yeah, not Lemonade, though. I, I want Minute Maid juice. I love that. It's okay, whatever makes you happy. I don't know why. Like, there's something so snarky about that. There's something so evidently like uh, this guy's an idiot who's talking to me, even though the, uh, the menu does show both. Minute Maid is Lemonade, but it's okay, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, not... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I find that so funny. I just do. Uh, that she's like, whatever makes you happy, we'll call it Minute Maid and not Lemonade, and you're going to get a Lemonade, which is a thing you don't want. Uh, but that went viral all over social media uh, because, uh, again, I, I think it's just a thing. Uh, I wonder if you've experienced this. I, I won't name any of the places, uh, but there are definitely places I've gone, uh, not even actually places in our area, uh, places in, in bigger cities that I've been to somewhat recently, uh, where there's just like an angry worker. And I don't remember there being just a, a walking around angry person that just exists. And like you can see it. You walk in and you look at their face and you're like, oh, that's the angry person. And if you go up to them and ask them a question, you could be as nice as can be. And they are going to be extra angry because that's that's how they showed up to work for the day. And they're not getting fired uh, probably because of all the staffing issues uh, that exist a lot of places uh, still. Now, they keep their job. And that's probably why they, they keep being you know, angry uh, in a customer service role where you think that that's got to be, you know, a sin number one in the world of how you're behaving. Um, but honestly, like, I feel like I see that maybe at least once a week uh, where there's someone working somewhere that's snarky. Uh, I think we had somebody seat us at a table at a restaurant that, like, took two shots at Betty and I, and we didn't even say anything. They were, they were like weird shots. And I, I don't even want to describe them because I don't want to, you know, out any of the places that we, we went that would do this stuff. But it was like being frustrated um, about something that seemed not to be a big deal, uh, like that we showed up five minutes early for a reservation. So I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember we sat down. We were super polite, even as like some, some shots were being fired. And when the person walked away, we looked at each other like, what did we do? <laughs> how, did, how did we make them that mad? Uh, we're, we're just here. And the, by the way, the, the rest of the experience was lovely. I don't know what happened uh, that, you know, caused that person to to calm down. But I think you're seeing a lot of that. I think that this is a, a very simple demonstration of, of that version of, you know what, I have stress and I'm just letting it out. I'm just, um, you know, exposing it to whoever, whoever is around me. And I don't care if it hits a bunch of people in ways that aren't good. Um, all right. I'm going to take a, a pause of this show. Uh, news will not. They'll do uh, their own thing. Uh, after the news, I do something called the Top 5 at 5. Uh, they're the five biggest stories of the day, according to me. I genuinely debated if Beyonce stealing a song from a children's show or being accused of ch stealing a song from a children's show is a top five story today. I chose to, to say it's not, but I genuinely was back and it was just outside of my top five. And I don't know what that says about me. 
Uh, but that didn't make it. Uh, but you hear all the stories that did, including some of the, the biggest things happening within our state uh, that seem to have uh, that will have long lasting impacts, I think, on our election system. Uh, granted, our state didn't didn't go first. So maybe no one will remember. I'll remember uh, that Illinois was among them. Uh, but that story and a lot of stories are absolutely coming up as part of the top five at five, where I count down from five to one because it's radio, so it seems contractually required to do it that way. Uh, the biggest stories of the day, according to me. Uh, AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, everywhere on the WMBD. A neighborly company. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. If you listen to my show every single day, then at this time, you know that I do this. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. The five biggest topics of the day, according to me, I put them in order, uh, even though at times it's hard for me. Although today was pretty easy, actually. I feel like this is a definitive uh, top five. A uh, number, um, uh, the first one on this list, hold on, I've got to have somebody help me out number with that. Number five. <laughs> David Letterman. Uh, number five on this list to me is the fact that we have passed a stopgap budget. Uh, both the uh, House and the Senate, I think, is likely to pass it if they haven't already. Uh, but the House was the big challenge. And a whole lot of Republicans uh, voted with Democrats to do this. The Speaker of the House said he thought it was going to happen. Um, and the stopgap budget, I think, pushes the, the you know, kicks the can down the hill a few weeks. Uh, the problem with it to me is that continuing to just kick the can down the hill seems bad. And actually, also, I would say that it's sort of ridiculous uh, that politicians can't find a better solution. And when I was talking about this a little earlier in the show, I got a text. Uh, a listener said that I'm forgetting to bring up uh, that it was uh, Republicans who voted against. Here, let me make sure I get this exactly right. Craig, you're totally leaving out that the Republicans rejected a bipartisan bill to help improve the border. And oh, and let's uh, let Putin go ahead and just claim Ukraine. Uh, those are two criticisms uh, that are often made as talking points on the left side of the aisle in this conversation. So I actually talked quite a bit about that bill you're referring to, uh, to our listener, uh, when it first came out. The bill was not just to secure the border. The bill had a whole lot of spending. Actually, a majority of the spending was going to Ukraine and some was going to go to Israel. I think it was like 110 um, um million, billion dollars, something like that. I can't even remember what the, the number is now. And and. Barely a, a fourth of it uh, would have actually been earmarked for the border. And Republicans' problem was not that they were going to spend money to try to, quote, secure the border, but the way they were going to do that. Uh, they were going to allow for anyone who's already in the country, this was a part of that bill, uh, to legally get a job. They were just going to, like, skip that whole process of trying to become a citizen so you can get a job. Uh, they uh, not only that, we're going to just hire a bunch of additional border agents that essentially would help with the backlog uh, of people at the border that need to be processed. Uh, a thing called catch and release. I hate and it's not the listener's fault, but I hate so often when the politicians put a, a small aspect of what they're debating about in a much bigger package that has a whole lot of other problems with it to the other side of the aisle and then claim that Republicans rejected the thing that they want to fix. They oversimplify the issue that they made complicated to begin with just so they can claim to be right the whole time. It's actually one of the most frustrating things that happens in this world. Uh, if you ever get in an argument with anyone and they keep adding like 
crazy um, scenarios into the equation. Uh, one of my favorite, and granted, I like the man quite a bit, is Mark Strauss, uh, where I'll say something and then you'll take it to the extreme to try to disprove it. Um, when you when you speak in those sort of like absolute versions of of uh, what is and isn't right, uh, you I think you lose the the point of the conversation in the first place. And so I think that that's what's done here a lot. But I appreciate the text from the listener saying I'm leaving it out. I am not uh, purposefully leaving it out. I don't think it's relevant because it absolutely wasn't a bill just about the border because politicians never do that, by the way. They never pass a bill about just one issue because both sides think that they can squeak other stuff in uh, whenever they have an agreement on anything. That's how seldom they agree, that they have to overload every one of these packages with other stuff uh, that we don't even know is in there unless you pay very close attention. And then also, I do not think uh, that Putin should be able to take Ukraine. I think the United States should uh, do something to prevent that. However, Ukraine just admitted to stealing $40 million to embezzling it from money that was sent to them for mortar shells. So not trusting Ukraine to do the right things with the money we give them would actually be a rational reaction to what we've seen so far. And that's also not existent within any of the things we talk about. But anyway, I digress. Uh, We did pass a a stopgap version of a budget uh, that is likely to, you know, become a talking point in a couple weeks and everybody's going to blame everybody. And that's going to be a whole thing. And eventually, hopefully, we have an actual solution to some of the real problems. We're number four. Number four on this list to me is how dumb it is to go to the border. Uh, Both sides are doing it. Uh, Biden, especially, he's making a second trip. Um, I know that people get pressured to do this stuff. I know the politicians who, who don't take action, and that would be Biden, not Trump. Trump has very different plans for what to do to secure the border if he's the president again. Um, but they, they all say, you know, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal, or whatever version of it that they claim to be true. And then eventually uh, the press, or I guess the American people, get so frustrated that you say to yourself, just go see it. Go see how bad it is. Here's the reason I think it's, it's not good or it's not valuable. It doesn't change anything. Uh, The people in Washington are so arrogant that they can go to the situation that we're telling them is real, telling them we're frustrated about, uh, saying is the number one issue in the upcoming election. They can walk through it. And Biden picked the the least um, uh, uh, the the least significant place to to choose. He picked the place with the least amount of people crossing illegally into the country in, in Texas. And Trump actually picked the place where it's the most significant problem at the border in Texas, which it it screams something different to you about being disingenuous. But it's just political theater. It's just a a demonstration. I've never heard a politician, at least in recent memory, go somewhere where they've been criticized for their behavior. I actually don't hear a lot of people in power who get rightfully criticized, rightfully told the things they're saying are untrue or wrong or, you know, uh, misguided and, and, and fold. It never happens in our society and certainly not with our politicians. And if Biden is seeing the bad of the border, even in the place where it's happening the least, you would think that he'd come back and be like, all right, I'm changing my my uh, plan on this. And of course, he's not. He's not going to do that. All right. Uh, another one uh, to move on to the next one. Uh, number three. Number three on this list to me is absolutely uh, the questioning that's going on against uh, Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary. I don't know if I should say against, uh, but the challenges uh, that are being thrown by Republicans at uh, least Stefanik had a pretty great one. Uh, also, Jim Banks had a very good back and forth, uh, a Republican from Indiana, um, because there's a few things about the defense secretary getting sick, hiding that information from the public and from the president, it sounds like, for a while, and not causing an issue sooner. 
like that it took so long for Biden to notice that he hadn't talked to Lloyd Austin feels like a problem in and of itself. Are you surprised the president didn't call for your resignation? I'm surprised, but are you surprised that he didn't call for your resignation? The president has expressed, expressed full faith and confidence in me. So you're not surprised that he didn't call for your resignation. Is it typical that the president would go three days without talking to his secretary of defense? Is that typical or is that a regular posture? <laughs> Do you usually go days without talking to the commander? I love the stunned silence for a second there. Like, uh, I don't know what to say here. I mean, that can happen. It depends on if whether or not the president's uh, on on uh, on travel. If I'm on travel. Uh, yeah, they, they weren't on travel. There are times when we, we do go days without direct communication. So the, the big issue for me here is either the president is that aloof <laughs> or you are irrelevant. Oh, Wh- which one is it, Mr. Secretary? That you it's would go neither. Three, that the president would go three days without. It's neither. The president is not aloof and I participate in all the critical decision making is the rest of the statement Lloyd Austin makes, even though no one knew he was gone within the uh, president's. Um, you know, orbit, uh, including, of course, the president himself uh, for quite some time while he was missing much longer than three days. Number two. That's number three on my list. This is number two. Uh, The Texas wildfires are now the worst in the state's history. Uh, There's a lot of coverage of this story uh, and a lot of significance to this. Um, The wildfires are burning through the heart of the cattle country. Uh, They're upending people's lives. They're they're destroying uh, not just, you know, uh, farms and things that will have a long, uh, I think, reaching impact on us on the availability of of food and all kinds of stuff. Uh, But they're also doing something that I can't even fathom. I I know we have so many farmers in our community and the idea to just like wake up one day and have to flee uh, the most precious thing you have other than, I think, your friends and family and have it all burn up and be be gone by the time you return is devastating. And there has to be a solution to some of these problems. And it's not necessarily the path of conversation that um, politicians always go, uh, but it's just disheartening. And since it's now uh, the biggest it's ever been for that uh, state, I did think that it deserved to be in the top five at five and significantly played. Number one. Finally, the number one story of the day to me is easily what happened last night, that Illinois has decided to join the ranks of the states that have banned um, Donald Trump from the primary ballot. Uh, I got a lot of reactions, as I've been saying, from a lot of listeners, even last night uh, via text to this. um, 309-340-4464 is the phone number to reach me at, 309-340-4464. I wanted to read one text I got. Uh, from a listener today, though, because uh, I do think it's interesting. Uh, he told me that I need to have Jim Rule, the Taswell County GOP chair, who I know, and I've had him on the show before, uh, on to talk about this because he issued a, a heck of a statement today. And then actually the listener went as far as to provide the statement to me. Uh, so Jim Rule said, yesterday a liberal activist judge unconstitutionally removed former President Donald Trump from the Illinois March primary ballot. This is nothing more than a pathetic, Soros-funded attack uh, by today's progressive Marxists to try and destroy conservatism, uh, the foundational principles of America, America was founded on, excuse me, and to deny voters their right to have a voice in our election process. Um, I'll probably have him on because his statement went on, but already it's, it's, it's great. Already it's fire. And, and what should be annoying, uh, more than annoying, what should be infuriating to a bunch of people uh, throughout our country, not just uh, in this state after that decision is made, is that they're trying to take power out of the hands of the people. And because some of the people agree that they don't want that guy to be the president, they're acting like that's a good thing. They're acting like that's fine, like this is okay. 
Trump is leading in polls against Biden and obviously winning uh, the primary so handily that it's impossible for Haley to beat him at this point. And, and that's the person that they're trying to remove from ballots and prevent from running for the office of president. Someone who's doing very, very well uh, right now. It's political interference. It's a bunch of things. And it should be scary to us because the more you surrender these types of things uh, to those in charge, the more they grasp for it and, and try to do it again and again and again. Uh, it's the old, you know, when's the point to stand up for yourself? Uh, that people during COVID chose was a mask or a vaccine or anything else. Uh, but this has to be uh, the moment where people decide this is too much uh, power uh, being given to those in power and being taken away from the people, uh, the people who are supposed to decide who they want to represent them. Uh, and right now, a lot of people have been saying enough that he definitely deserves the chance to run for the office. A lot of people are saying they'd like to see Trump uh, be the next president, even if that makes you mad, even if you can't believe that. That's what's happening uh, within our political system uh, right now. So that's the number one story of the day to me. I'll take a break on that. Uh, AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, everywhere on the W. With promo code CLAY. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Thank you to all the people uh, who are reaching out via text today. It seems like me just ranting segment after segment is going all right. Uh, so thank you. Uh, and you can reach out. You can be a part of the conversation. 309-340-4464 is that phone number to text. 309. I'm told to do it slower. 340-4464. Save it in your phone. Yes, you can text me even when I'm not on the radio. No, you don't text anybody else at the station if you send a text there. It goes to me. That's a personal phone number that I'm giving out on the air. I sometimes get texts for other shows and I'm like, this is nice, but uh, not you didn't reach the right person. Uh, I saw this. I thought this was pretty funny. A Gen Z bosses are apparently sending text messages and communications that other bosses think makes no sense at all uh, whatsoever. And it's it's honestly just like friendly stuff. Like the craziest example given to me is when a boss texted asking for like photos of something that the employee, I guess, said they witnessed. Um, and like a lot of casual texting, a lot of uh, back and forth communication, even bad words uh, that are being used uh, back and forth by people uh, that obviously are joking and not being serious. Uh, and when interviewed about this, the Gen Z bosses said uh, this was a way to cultivate a better work environment. This was a way to have, you know, more of a a friendly uh, version of interactions, uh, maybe a, a less stressful uh, way to deal with. Uh, whatever the day-to-day stuff is. I imagine this can get you in trouble very quick, though. Uh, the first thing I thought of is that if you are a boss that behaves like a lot of Gen Z bosses sound like they want to, like you're everybody's friend, then when you can't be somebody's friend, uh, it's not going to be great. And it's not going to be great for you, especially if the reason you can't be somebody's friend is is because somebody did something wrong or someone else did something wrong. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. It feels like there's a a version of of reducing the authority uh, that people have if they're in power positions uh, to be overly friendly and to have the goal be, you know, to be everybody's buddy. And I've, I've had bosses like that. I actually thought of one uh, when I was at a radio station in Chicago. Uh, now, granted, he had a really interesting strategy. He was everybody's buddy, 
and then he hired people to work directly under him who were no one's friend. So there were still there were still like people uh, who who went out of their way to make sure that if something happened that was wrong, that they were the person involved in in the correction. And a lot of people would complain about those, you know, uh, middle management individuals. Uh, but then the, the head guy who you didn't even know how much he was involved in some of that stuff was like your buddy who would uh, do bowling in the middle of the hallway uh, during work. Uh, I remember he set up like little plastic bowling pins. That was one of a bunch of things he did. Um, and so that I don't know that that's a great strategy either. Uh, but I just thought this was interesting that Gen Z bosses are pretty proud of the way in which they treat employees uh, in a way that a whole lot of other bosses uh, would think is is not good. Um, all right. Another one out there that I saw. Um, I'm going to spell this for you so that you understand exactly what this name looks like on a piece of paper. But a healthcare worker revealed that she saw a crazy name uh, recently for someone that came in for just a regular checkup. The name was spelled C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. I think I have some audio of this. I don't know if I tried to clean up this audio, so I feel like we need to have a dump button ready. If I have one, I don't, I don't have the dump button ready. I'll play this after uh, the news to make sure it's cleaned up. But the woman actually pronounces the name. And again, I don't even want to try to do it myself. And I've heard her say it a bunch of times, and she calls it hysterical. But C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. Like, what's happening when people want a really unique name for their kid and they don't just go like with a made up name or a name that no one else has. And I always use examples like Apple or blanket uh, as, as examples of those. I think that's Michael Jackson's kid, one of them. Um, but the, the other thing I always think about is, is this version, the like crazy letters that are all supposed to be silent and the name's supposed to sound normal, but it's spelled ridiculously. Like what's the win there? I don't understand the, the uniqueness of the win here, especially for the kid. Because I don't think they're going to do well in English class for a while when they're young, when their name is spelled illogically, and then they have to learn how to spell things correctly. I feel like spelling bees are an absolute horrible situation for several years for a kid whose name is C-V-I-I-I-L-Y-N. Sivlin, I think, is what you're supposed to say there. But, yeah, it's just it's it's messed up. And uh, I wonder if that kid even raises his hand in class. He goes, what about the silent two eyes after the first eye uh, rule? And then you have to look at that kid and be like, that's not a rule. Your parents decided it was a rule for you. And unfortunately, they have the power to do that. But it's not a rule for anybody else in any other situation. Uh, you are alone in that. All right. Uh, one last thing that I did think was also pretty funny uh, before we uh, get to uh, news. And then I come back and do some stuff, including good story, bad story. Uh, I'll tell you a, a story that I think proves humanity is, is still, you know, uh, good uh, that we still treaty pr- treaty pr- treat each other. Excuse me. I turned into Biden. Treat each other well. I need to drink some more water. And then another one that proves that everything's horrible and everybody's terrible. Uh, before I do that, I just love this, and I have a hypothesis about this too. A criminal uh, went into a uh, quick stop in Nebraska and robbed the joint, and he had a cinnamon roll container, like a Hostess one, on his hand. And the guy who gave him money, and he was later caught by the cops, thought he had a gun in the cinnamon roll container box, but he did not. He just was holding the cinnamon roll container box because I guess it, like, fell off or something as he was running away with the money. The cops find the guy. He's got drugs on him, of course. He's got other stuff on him. He has a gun. They find a handgun on this dude that he didn't use in the robbery but likely did bring with him into the store. And I wonder if someone somewhere told him. 
that you get in more trouble if you commit a crime while brandishing a weapon. And so he pretended he had one via the, the cinnamon roll box, and he's going to use that as a defense in court. Like, I didn't actually threaten him with a dangerous weapon, guys. Yes, I had one on me, and yes, I looked confusing, but I wonder if this was a pre-planned, like, legal strategy. And I just can't get over that. The dude with all the face tattoos that he had really tried to figure out the best way to both rob a store and not leave himself open to the most years in jail. Uh, there's just something about that that I find amazing. And again, I have no, no proof. I'm just guessing. But all right, uh, we'll take a, a pause of this show. Uh, news will do the exact opposite. Uh, AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, everywhere if you download the WMBD radio app or if you tell your smart speaker play WMBD radio. Here's Will Stevenson live and local in the WMBD radio newsroom. Craig, former President Donald Trump traveled to Texas today to get an up-close look at a border he says is out of control. The former president was in Eagle Pass, Texas, getting a tour of what the Border Patrol setup is. From his perspective... It's a military operation. I mean, we have a military... This is like a war. A war which he says has led to a porous border and offenses committed by those who illegally cross. Former President Trump has given it a name. Biden migrant crime. It's a new form of uh, vicious violation to our country. In his Eagle Pass remarks, former President Trump hinted of past policies that may reappear if he wins in November, such as remain in Mexico and more border barriers proclaiming walls work. Fox's Grinnell Scott Moore at WMBDRadio.com. This just in, a Massachusetts Air National Guard member is expected to plead guilty to charges relating to his alleged leaking of classified military information. 22-year-old Jack Teixeira was announced in June after reportedly was arrested in June after reportedly leaking the information, some of which included highly sensitive U.S. military assessments on the chat program Discord. Federal prosecutors asked a Boston judge to schedule a hearing on Monday. Teixeira had been facing six counts of willful retention and transmission of classified information relating to national defense, but it was unclear what he would be pleading guilty to. The information contained data on U.S. allies and foes with details ranging from Ukraine's air defenses to Israel's Mossad spy agency. More on that at WMBDRadio.com as well. And Central Illinois will have at least two chances at a state championship this weekend in normal. The Illinois High School Association Girls Basketball State Finals are taking place at SEFQ Arena at ISU through Saturday. Illini Bluffs from Glassford will play for the Class 1A title after beating Altamont this morning in overtime 60-48. to The Tigers will take on defending state champion Okaville, who beat Peru St. Bede in the other semifinal. Peoria Notre Dame easily punched their ticket to the Class 2A championship championship game after beating Regina Dominican of Wilmette 71-25. to A little further south, Lincoln looks to continue their undefeated season tomorrow morning in the Class 3A semifinals against Lombard-Montini. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Fishing season is quickly upon us, and Presley's has hundreds of new fishing items in stock. Lures, rods, reels, and more. See it all at now at bradfields.com. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. A good story, bad story coming up in just a second. First, I want to do this though. Uh, Donald Trump has said in, I think, a courtroom, and then actually a few other places, 
uh, that the massive verdict against him in New York may cause him to have to sell off some of his his real estate, some of his uh, property. And it couldn't be a worse time for him because of the fact that they brought him to court and he's got to do all this. It makes everybody undercut and underpay. Uh, so the massive amount of money he's likely to lose or his business is likely to lose is a big complaint he has, regardless of whether or not he wins an inevitable appeal of uh, the case against him in New York that found him to be uh, guilty of of uh, some version of, I guess, fraud, uh, for lack of saying it the more appropriate way, and then a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, and actually, it, the thing that's so significant about this story, real quick, is it caused a whole bunch of other business owners uh, throughout all of New York City to become terrified that they'd be targeted too. Uh, meaning, essentially, because this is a big conversation in, in like the business world, a whole lot of people do what Trump did, and they're not likely to get caught doing it because New York doesn't want to catch them. They just want to catch Trump. Uh, but that's an interesting response from uh, the business world to say that we're all afraid uh, that we're next. Uh, well, if what Trump did was so horrible and wrong and nobody else does it, why would you be afraid to be next? Unless, wait a minute, is it a common practice in business? Do a lot of uh, businesses try to inflate their value uh, to the banks and then pay back the loans? The other thing that's important there, and I, I mean to say this more and I forget to, uh, but the other thing that's important there is there's no victim to the crime. The banks were paid back and didn't complain. They didn't bring this lawsuit. Uh, they were they were fine with what happened. Uh, New York was upset with how things went down. All right, uh, that's that story. Uh, let's do good story, bad story. Uh, one of these will prove to you that human beings are still inherently good. And then the other one will do the exact opposite as we hang our heads in shame. Uh, first, the good story, and I do like this one. A happy 25th birthday uh, to Mary Forsyth, or I guess actually a 100th birthday, depending on how you want to go about it. Uh, she's the oldest leap year baby. She was born on February 29th, 1924. So she's actually only celebrated 25 birthdays, uh, like real ones, uh, but she's 100 years um, uh, old. And I love every part of that. I love that the story is going viral. Uh, she's not on the, the Leap Baby cruise that's going to the Bahamas uh, that I talked about earlier. 70 Leap Babies are on that. They should have brought Mary. They should have paid for Mary to go and not had her pay for herself. Uh, but I love that story so much. Happy 25th slash 100th. Uh, to Mary in Oklahoma, uh, the oldest of the Leap Babies. All right, that's the good story. Now let's do uh, the bad stories. And actually, I have I have more than one. Um, the first one, I love this. A salon got in trouble because somebody went in for a haircut, and uh, when they uh, were leaving at the end, because I guess they were one of those like walk-in clients that a bunch of salons get, and the the haircut was only fifteen bucks, but they put it up on Reddit. Uh, the tip amounts that were suggested were were crazy. It was 50, 70 or 90% dip. So 750, 1050, 1350. You could also customize or do a no tip. But this uh, person shared on social media how ridiculous that is. And when they asked the the company as they're trying to pay for their haircut, they said, "Oh yeah, you're you're a walk-in. You're a last minute one. So those are our suggested numbers <laughs> that we think you should give us for the tip for doing our job uh in a way that other people expect us to do it." The tip culture is nuts. It's out of control. Everybody's crazy. Uh, you're asking to do a tip for everything. Uh, one of my other favorite ones was when you go to, like, the the car repair uh, shop. You get the mechanic to do some work, and then their checkout thing has a tip suggestion on it. And you're like, yeah, I can't imagine that this seems fair uh, to give you a 15% tip, especially if the work was real hard, because I feel like that's what the other money is for. Uh, for the time and effort. I think I'm actually billed for that, the amount of time you put into it. Uh, but this one, it just it made me laugh so much 
And the fact that the company didn't say it was like an error, uh, but said that it was intentional and that they believed it to be appropriate is why I put it in bad story. Uh, one more in the world of bad stories that I think is just sort of terrifying. Um, my wife has been trying to get me to be healthier. I've talked about it on the show. Uh, kombucha or kombucha is, is a very healthy uh, probiotic drink that's supposed to do good stuff to your, your gut. Uh, but I read today that there actually have been uh, times when these items that are in glass jars just explode in your fridge. It's not often. I guess the, the chemical makeup or the whatever it is in their makeup has to be just right and has to sit for a certain amount of time. Uh, not even enough to be like truly expired, but I guess something. Uh, but anyway, it's a warning uh, that's been put out into the world. And I think the Daily Meal is a place that actually published a, a whole uh, story about this. I don't have a prescription or a subscription to the Daily Meal. But anyway, and I guess some sort of like live science um, uh, test actually proved it. Uh, kombucha may suddenly explode. Uh, again, very unlikely, uh, but somewhat possible. And so I'll ask you guys a different question, and you can tell me via text uh, if you think I'm right or wrong. Can I use this as an excuse with the missus to not drink this this drink that she wants me to drink? Can I say that I'm worried it might explode, uh, even though it's very rare, uh, is that going to win me an argument against the the very lovely, very kind Betty that I have on this show? I'm already assuming everybody who texts in is going to say, I already got one. No, is the answer very quickly. Uh, but 309-340-4464, if I can claim that danger is the reason I don't want to drink a, a healthy product that the wife wants me to drink more of, because at least it's out there a couple times, guys. At least it's out there a little bit. All right, I'll do one uh, last thing. Uh, and then we'll uh, take a break. Um, uh, well, I'll take a break, and then we'll do more stuff. Uh, I saw this. I guess this is a little more serious. Uh, Vice magazine is shutting down, and they're going to be laying off and firing a bunch of people. Uh, they have a, a media uh, wing, too, uh, that puts out videos and all kinds of stuff. I guess they did a town hall where they announced their mass layoffs, and they didn't actually, like, fire the people yet, but they said they were canning a lot of the people on the the Zoom meeting. And they got flooded with thumbs down emojis, so much so that the business had to stop the the uh, conference call and, you know, continue it at a later time because they couldn't continue to provide information. They were being overwhelmed with thumbs down emojis. If that's not mo the most like 2024 or sign of our time story that you've ever heard, I don't know what is that a bunch of angry employees who are very soon likely to be let go. And a bunch of other employees who are going to keep their job, uh, but also essentially, you know, be mad, I guess, at their friends getting laid off. Just just absolutely went crazy with thumbs down emojis. They didn't say stuff in the chat. They didn't do anything. It was just a bunch of thumbs down. I don't know why I found that so interesting or so amusing. And I, I thought it was sort of crazy uh, that it was such a massive response that the company had to end the Zoom call. You can just mute the the people reacting right you can just like turn off comments or something i feel like you can but anyway uh, that happened and it's one of many signs that media is struggling and there's likely to be a lot of layoffs uh, a lot of places but all right uh, on that i will take a pause uh, traffic will not other people will not am it's 1470 fm 100.3 everywhere Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, TJ Carson came into the studio yesterday to let me know that Richard Lewis had passed away. Uh, and my immediate reaction when he told me that during my show yesterday is, man, I knew him. 
Uh, not not well. I'm not going to pretend we're friends. He probably wouldn't have even remembered my name, uh, but he was actually very good friends with Gary Meyer. Uh, he was even scheduled, I think, to go on Gary Meyer's podcast to- tomorrow, uh, but he died of a heart attack at um, uh, 76 years old. And right after that happened, um, I didn't know what to say, like, because it's it's an odd one. I, I remember how how good of a friendship it seemed that that Richard Lewis had with with Gary Meyer. Uh, I remember how how fun uh, the interviews or conversations were for them, uh, even if some of the stuff they talked about, probably someone would complain about just everything about it. And so I wonder and I, I texted Gary about it. I know he was um, you know, struggling with it a little bit. Uh, just because of the shock of it, he was actually planning to talk to his friend on his his platform uh, tomorrow. Um, but one of the other things that happened is David Letterman immediately put up one of the best Richard Lewis appearances on the late night show in the uh, 1980s, I think. So I'm just going to play that as a tribute. And, and I don't want to pretend as though I, I appreciate uh, the significance of Richard Lewis because I, I don't. Uh, it's probably a lot of what made him so uh, famous or, or important was before my my time. Uh, but really because I saw kind of a really cool friendship between a, a person I very much admire and a person that is certainly I knew was famous. Um, and so uh, I, I don't I, I hate when uh, people talk about this stuff and pretend that that they know a bunch of stuff they, they don't know. So I'm just being honest with you. Uh, but I know he's important to comedy and, and to other things. And so here's what David Letterman put up. I used to sit around the table with all the relatives. They used to put me down in harmony. It was like really an embarrassing thing. <laughs> you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I try to relax. You know, I'm back home in L.A. I'm taking a slam dancing course at the Jewish Community Center now. <laughs> 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 well, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I have a helmet on, like a skullcap helmet, like a batting helmet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's good. I feel like it's enough to go to doctors with all the money. I had to bring a gold bar last physical. That's mm-hmm. how much it cost me, you know? <laughs> and I don't want to bring that specimen in. I, I'm embarrassed at home. I put a little hood on when I do it, you know? And uh, I feel the nurses are in this conspiracy. I give them the little jar. And she says, is your name on the bottle? I don't know. Says, your name is Chunky Skippy? I don't know, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, Richard Lewis is telling a story about how he uh, spent uh, three days in the same hospital and for most of his life um, he and um, uh, some of the them and his family and his friends Larry David I think among them felt like brothers or, or very close friends of his uh, he and Larry David actually spent three days uh, in the same hospital uh, but yeah Richard Lewis uh, passed away and I know that's a big loss uh, both uh, to friends and and you know mentors of mine and then also to uh, the world of comedy uh, I saw this just shifting to something lighter uh, before we get out of here. Let's call these some palate cleansers. A uh, Burger King is trolling Wendy's after Wendy's put up and then walked back their statement that they are going to start dynamic pricing. So if you didn't hear anything about this story, uh, first, w- Wendy's said without a lot of clarity that they were going to allow artificial intelligence to change their price based on uh, in their stores uh, based on how many people were there. Uh, If demand was higher, people thought that prices would go up. If demand was lower, I guess we thought prices would go down. Uh, Wendy's clarified that statement or maybe just totally changed their position uh, by saying there would be no raise, uh, rising prices. Uh, There would be no surcharges. Uh, There would only be uh, a lowering of prices at times when, you know, there weren't a lot of people inside the Wendy's uh, to try to get more people in. I don't know. Uh, Again, I don't really believe that that was the the true original intention, but that's what they're saying now. Apparently, um, uh, Burger King is making fun of them on social media. Uh, Burger, Burger King said that customers can redeem a free Whopper 
or Vegetarian Impossible Whopper with the purchase of $3 or more through the Offers tab in the mobile app or the BK.com app. They also said, as the leader of this company, I will never support surge pricing or changing charging people uh, more when they're hungry. When our guests come to us, it's our opportunity to give them our very best in service and value for their hard-earned money at Burger King. You rule. That was the president of Burger King U.S. Uh, his name is Tom Curtis, uh, who said that. So they're they're just making fun. Uh, and again, I think Burger King also put up on social media, the only thing surging at BK is the fire. We don't believe in charging people more when they're hungry, uh, which is which is pretty great. Uh, but yes, uh, that's it's a real thing. And now, um, you know, restaurants or fast food restaurants are are trolling each other. Uh, I also saw this. This is a weird story, uh, but I have it. It's on my list. Uh, let's go ahead and do it. Um, I, I guess humans used to have tails. Uh, according to an NYU scientist or a group of scientists there. And at some point, we evolved to not have tails anymore. And for a while, we were confused, I guess the scientists were, as to why we we evolved away from tails. Now, granted, I know that there's, like, the Catholic in me uh, trying to reject a lot of this uh, or at least be confused by some of this. Um, but I guess the big reason why uh, we got rid of the tail um, according to science, I'm just so amazed. I'm saying these sentences out loud. Experts found that mice uh, would lose their tails, which coincided with an increase in neural tube defects, uh, which in people can cause diseases like uh, spina bifida. So essentially, we dropped our tails because they were causing us more harm than good. And we learned that because of mice and why they lose uh, their tails. Uh, that's, that's a long-winded way to say that scientists believe some weird stuff. Uh, and scientists research some weird stuff and do it in weird ways. But I guess eventually your brain's like, I don't need that anymore. I got to get rid of that tail thing uh, before it becomes an issue for me or everyone else. Um, all right. I have one more to actually. We still have a few more minutes. Uh, so I'll do this one, uh, too. I saw this debate on Reddit, and I love when people get on arguments on Reddit. I don't know why. I just I just do. And I, you know, eat popcorn and sit off to the side and pay attention. Um, what, what I thought was so interesting about this one and someone called Reddit on Wiki, um, or actually that's the subreddit, um, but someone went there and complained about a thing. Uh, they said that their daughter was babysitting a friend, uh, a friend's children. And while she was at her friend's house, uh, the daughter ate a couple pieces of cake that were sitting out on the table. Uh, when she got paid for her babysitting, uh, apparently the friends found out about the cake eating. So they gave her a bill for the two slices of cake that she ate while she was working. And they took it out of her compensation as a babysitter uh, because she she ate it uh, well on the job without getting express written permission uh, from the parents of the kids to do that. And this mom was irate. She's like, why would my friends uh, do this to my kid? If they want someone to pay for the cake, I'll pay them for whatever my child ate in their in their very special cake. But what a, like, stupid thing. Uh, some people on social media said it was a good lesson to learn. If you're in somebody else's house, you're not entitled to their food. Uh, but a whole lot of other people on social media said it was petty. Uh, by the way, the two kids are, are nine and seven, uh, and it, it was, I guess, cake that they had also eaten. Uh, I don't think that they were sad that some of it was missing. I just, I can't, the reason I even put this in my show is I, I can't really envision all the steps like here, like I know people get mad. I think when people feel as though uh, they're not being respected, 
uh, they get uniquely mad. And I think in this situation, maybe these these parents that hired this uh, daughter of their friend to babysit their kids thought that they were disrespected somehow by some cake eating that I doubt had any real intention behind it. Uh, but anyway, what I thought was so funny about it is is like that you go from and I imagine the husband and wife debated this. Like, what do we do? She ate our cake. We didn't tell her she could eat our cake. Well, maybe we should bill her. No, we shouldn't bill her. That's too crazy. And then eventually you get there to where you're doing it. And you're handing the the receipt uh, across the table or the next time she's babysitting, along with a reduction in the amount of money you're paying for that that babysitting um, um, thing. And I, I, I just kind of think sometimes that those things that happen uh, in the world are people trying to to air anger. Uh, but air it in a way that's that's odd, as opposed to just air it. Like, if there's anger, just you, you could say it. I'm sure that these parents could have called their friend, uh, the parent of the, the kid who was doing the babysitting, and said, hey, awkward, your daughter ate our cake. We didn't want her to eat our cake. Uh, is there something you can do to figure this out? And then probably, you know, money could have been exchanged and things could have been forgiven or, or fixed or, or somehow, you know, avoided uh, the weird, awkward version of it that seems to have played out here. But I, I just thought it was really funny. And again, that the mom of the kid was so mad that she turned to social media uh, to figure out who the jerk was, who the um, A word was in the situation, uh, which is one of my favorite places on Reddit. I can't deny it. I can't lie about that. But um, the Internet seemed to side with her, uh, too, that the people who own the cake are not the people uh, that, you know, um, uh, are raising this child, are raising the daughter who is babysitting were the, were the people who were wrong. All right. Um, Bradley basketball, you hear it all the time here on 1470 and 100.3. Drake is, uh, I think, um, coming up this Sunday. That would be March 3rd. Uh, They are playing at 2.30. A pregame is at 2.05. Dave and Chad uh, will be doing that as uh, they normally do. I will tell you just as a behind-the-scenes thing, uh, a lot of the guys here, uh, especially I think TJ uh, Carson, have been debating what Bradley will have as far as a seed uh, in the um, Missouri Valley Conference tournament and then what they need to do to to try to make it into, you know, another uh, tournament after that. And I think it's pretty interesting because I I will say, and Drake's a very good basketball team. uh, They've had a better season, regular season than Bradley has had. Uh, But once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. And um, Wardle has proven that he's he's pretty good at coaching his team uh, in the playoffs. As of course they they won the Missouri Valley Conference uh, a couple years ago, and then they won the regular season. Uh, they had the best season last year, so I, I wouldn't count Bradley out, no matter where they place, no matter how they fall. And I almost imagine that this game against uh, Drake that's coming up on Sunday will be a a demonstration of ability for the players. I imagine that you know I don't know this for sure. I haven't talked to Wardle at all. But I imagine that he's telling his players, you're as good as Drake. Let's go out and prove it uh, while the regular season is still going on. So you know it, and so I know it, and so they know it. So when we get into the playoffs, we can do it all over again. I imagine that's all the motivation you need uh, for a Bradley team that is in the higher end of the Missouri Valley Conference as far as uh, how they've done so far and is is likely, I think, to do pretty well uh, come tournament time. All right, I'm out of here. Dave Ramsey's coming up next. AM, it's 1470, FM 100.3, FM.